This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is more relieved than Mafeking. If you know your history, you will understand that reference. Uh, now, after two miserable, miserable back-to-back defeats against lowly opposition, the relief around Stamford Bridge was palpable as the referee blew the final whistle on a 3-0 defeat of West Bromwich Albion. Uh, Perhaps, perhaps the most relieved man in the stadium was the beleaguered Chelsea manager, Antonio Conte. Uh, But just how much pressure uh, was he under before this match? I guess we'll never know. Would Conte really have been sacked had Chelsea lost to West Brom? The press have been hyping up his expected demise with some glee all week. With all hysteria, it's been all too easy to forget that Chelsea is in pole position for a top four Premier League finish. Yes, not to mention the fact that we're still in both the FA Cup and the Champions League. Uh, Now, if Chelsea and Conte are in crisis, then what about the much lauded Tottenham Hotspur and Arsenal? Hmm. Now, if there was one essential difference between Chelsea's performance against Bournemouth, Watford and West Brom, easy for me to say, uh, then it was the fact that they employed a proper striker rather than an attempt at a false number nine. And that man was former goon Olivier Giroud. Could the Frenchman be the man to turn around Chelsea's season? Let's face it, he even channelled his inner Terry Butcher for the cause. So there we go. The Chelsea fan cast, 415. Release the pressure. And releasing the pressure with me tonight on this of all nights, because it's a bloody Tuesday night, not a Monday night, but there you go. I have, as always, the inimitable Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Bonjour. It is lovely to Bonsoir, be here. Bonsoir, mon ami. I thought I would, I would speak in, in a French accent as an homage to uh, Olivier Giroud. Olivier Giroud. Actually, that's a great idea, actually, JK. I think for the rest of the show, we should all speak in appalling pigeon French. Bon. As, a, as an homage. 
as an homage to the grand fromage that is Olivier Giroud. Yeah. C'est très Tony possible. Tony doesn't sound convinced. Uh, uh, mais mon français est mais oui, bon. Mais oui, mais oui. Mais, mais oui, mon, mon, mon français est bon. Yes. Pour le dos, 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 Tony, of course, uh, speaks French almost as well as um, Del Boy on Only Fools and Horses. I know this for, for an absolute chidge <laughs> fact. Uh, bonsoir, Monsieur Glover. Ça va? <laughs> Uh, ça va bien, merci. Et vous? Yes, I think uh, Jean Ships, Jean Ships <laughs> Shiverton, as he's now pronounced, Jean Ships Shiverton on Mixeleur has basically said enculé. I think I know what he means. <laughs> Tony, mate, I know, you're not, I know you're not a well bunny tonight, so I've got to say well done for, for you know, putting in the hard yards and turning up on the show. It's muchos appreciated. Uh, apart from the fact that I know you're not well, are you well? Uh, oui, and uh, in French, ça me fait un grand plaisir de vous voir. There you okay. go. It gives You're me great pleasure the to see on, you. Yeah, <laughs> not the Malmaison then. Yeah, I have been, uh, this is day 10 of what I've only described as marsh fever and some bastard's marsh kind fever. of man flu. I had flu jabs, didn't make a blind bit of fucking difference. Um, but today is the first day that I've actually woken up in the morning having had some sleep and then looked out the window and thought... I don't care if the weather's shitty. I feel a bit better today. But I don't want to tempt fate, you know, but hey, let's get there. No, yeah, well, quite right. Marsh fever. It sounds something like you you might get from West Ham if you got too close to them. So there you Indeed. go. Um, Indeed. Yeah. Now, uh, some person who, who, who I know is not close to West Ham, uh, geographically or otherwise, is Mr. Dan Silver. How are you tonight, sir? Very well. You good, self? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I was a bit pissed off about uh, missing the game last night, as as I know Tony was, for the same reason that we were both stuck in uh, stuck in the depths of Hampshire, having worked all day, and we weren't there. So uh, I missed. I, it looks like I missed a cracker, mate. I mean, obviously you were there. Was it good? Yeah, it was. It was good. It was first five ten minutes a little bit nervous, but then as soon as we scored, it was just kind of relaxed, and it was it was a pretty much a routine win. And there's a you know good good crowd in the cock pre match as well. So it was you know it was a good it was all in all a good Monday night. Well, there you go. You, you've just done the show, Dan, so we can now go go we'll go home and go to the pub. Well done, mate. And uh, that was the Chelsea Fancast. Uh, thanks for listening. So, no, no, I'm only joking. Up the Chels! <laughs> Up the Chels, indeed. If only, if only it was that simple. No, 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 mon amis. Uh, we have a show for you tonight. It's going to be a cracker, actually. Uh, it's always helped and abetted and aided when Chelsea win, of course, which, uh, of course, uh, there are people that are... Still yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who know that Chelsea did in fact uh, win their first game in three tries. So uh, on the show tonight, we're going to ask, is Giroud the new Terry Butcher? Or more to the point, uh, can he turn Chelsea's season around? In part two, we heap even more praise. How could how could this be possible, I hear you ask? But uh, no, we're going to heap even more praise on Eden Hazard and not just because we want him to stay. Uh, and we're going to ask, with victory over bottom of the table West Brom... Uh, might the mighty West Brom, we should add, has the Chelsea crisis been averted, <laughs> and uh, and has it in fact saved Antonio Conte's pancetta? There we go. Clever. I thought it was we clever. are being I very, very multicultural. When I wrote it. This is I massively know. multicultural. It's like an, thought, it's like a, was, yeah. it's a Vogue, isn't it? Eurovision, Euro- Eurovision fan cast. It is. Yeah. Neil it's Quang. like an episode of episode of Mind Your Language, isn't it? Oh, bloody hell, that's going back a while. God, that's one for the teenagers, JK. Uh, Anyway, um, 
One that is definitely not for the teenagers because they're not allowed out on Friday nights is in fact what we're going to be talking about in part three when we look forward to this Friday night's fifth round FA Cup tie against championship side Hull City. And we're going to ask, why on earth are we being dragged out on a bloody Friday night, having been dragged out on a Monday night? You can you can see where this is going. There's a theme there somewhere. And anyway, in part four, uh, we have some stonking emails for JK to read out. And uh, this week, I can I can confirm that they are emails where we can actually have a bit of a discussion around them. Yes. So hopefully, uh, yes, indeed. I'd like to say hopefully we beaucoup, de, beaucoup de stonkage. I would like to say beaucoup de stonkage. Absolutely. Uh, now, um, yeah, we will have some. I mean, look, you know, hopefully, if we don't waffle on too much, which is what we usually do. We will actually have time to uh, to to discuss these emails because there's some really good issues and questions that they've asked. So there you go. Uh, and uh, do not forget, of course, uh, you can listen to this little show, this little souffle of a creation, uh, every Monday night. Well, apart from, of course, like tonight when it's on a Tuesday, duh. Uh, but all you have to do is you go to Mixler, <laughs> which is mixlr dot com forward slash Chelsea High from Fancast at seven of the hour. And uh, if you do, you will join lots of like-minded people. Uh, I have to be honest. Much, I do like to call the Mixler lot that we get in here. We do get some... Ra- I like to call them the Chelsea Fancast Firm. They are a firm, you know. They're hardcore, and they're always in there, and I love them for it. I mean, Bonnie Rig Blues. And I'm going to say it again, Bonnie Rig, in case I forget, but I hope you're going to be there on Friday night. Um, if you are coming on Friday night, you have got to come to the cock for a beer with me. Otherwise, I will have a screaming screaming tantrum but anyway bonnie riggs in the house the lovely bob Oosray, joe the blue tony glover oh i know him oh i know he's on the show isn't he that's right he's he's multitasking i'm impressed uh the lovely jacaranda chick who occasionally uh, uh cheats on us basically that's the only way to put it she's a two-timer she she listens to that other podcast the Ro- romans empire or something uh, I haven't listened to it yet, but I promise I will, because they're very nice boys, and they said that when they come over, they will buy me a beer, which is all they ever have to say for me to be lovely to them. Uh, Blue in Oz, Blue Up Not Isle, the lovely Jonathan, who writes for us on the Fancast website. Jean Ships Shiverton, who I've already uh, alluded to. Loads of people in there, uh, but not enough. And the reason for that, I suspect, is because you didn't realise we were doing a show today, because, of course, it's Tuesday, which is not our day. So you shall be forgiven if you are absent and, o- and only going to be listening on the podcast. But there you go. Join in with that lot. They're great. They're good fun. And they, they, they post lots of great stuff and talk to each other and ignore us, which is c- kind of what we expect. But there you go. Right. After this tiny, tiny break, we'll be talking about the football. Um, you know, as I like to do in this this kind of half a part, is to discuss the thing that struck my eye most from the game. And uh, you'll be you'll not be amazed to know that I've written an article for Yahoo today, which, funnily enough, just before we went on air, I, I posted on the Chelsea Fancast Twitter site. So by all means, have a look. Um, but um, you know, the main thing that struck me really was was young Olivier Giroud of the fancy hairdo and very 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 well polished beard. 
Um, but well done him, I can say. I mean, you know, obvious things, really. Um, you know, he linked up really well with Hazard. That first goal, I thought he, he laid the ball off to Hazard brilliantly. It was superb. Um, he can operate as a target man. He holds up the ball. Uh, you know, unlike uh, uh, Batshuayi, he, he doesn't trap it farther than I can kick it. Uh, in Conte's own words, he, he was a point of reference for the team, which is kind of what you want. Um, before I go on to the Terry Butcher thing, I mean, the, the, the main question really is that, you know, I'll, I'll start with you, Jonathan, because we always do, you know. Um, against my suspicions that he might not be a good buy, I think he might actually prove to be. Conte seemed quite pleased with him. And, and I tell you what impressed me most, actually, which I thought was very un-Arsenal-like, I'm glad to say, but he was really up for the fight, and and you know when you play West Brom, you're going to get kicked. At, you know you're going to get kicked a lot, as as he did, of course, which is why he ended up having a bandage. But the fact that he was able to face the physicality, which is something that Morata couldn't do, and the fact that he could actually play people in, and he had a bit of skill and could hold the ball up, which uh, you know Batshuayi couldn't do, I think bodes well, does it not? I think doesn't he come out and said that he thinks Chelsea is a better fit for him than uh, than Arsenal, yeah. which of course has probably offended large numbers of gooners. Um, and actually, what a shame. He, can't, he can't be the real Terry Butcher because there was no claret. I didn't see any claret no. anywhere. But uh, you can't have no. that nowadays because if it had been bleeding, he'd have been asked to leave the the pitch. I mean, let's oh. be honest. It's about bloody time we had somebody who can do the basic essentials of a centre forward, isn't it? Really, oh, because he, he, because uh, Maratta's a completely different player. I mean, good luck to him. He came on. He actually looked as if he was slightly under pressure because he was thinking, "Oh, bloody, I've got some competition." Not that strange man who who you said the ball bounced off every time he attempted to trap it. So, I, I'm uh, uh, at least we ended up with somebody who, and he's he's the number one. Um, French centre-forward, so uh, he's likely to be pretty good. He, he He's apparently still not quite match-fit because he hasn't been playing much for Arsenal. I thought he did a really good job, but I think the main thing is that he, is, as you said, he's, he's this point of reference. He's someone that can pull players away, but also lay the ball back for Hazard so Hazard doesn't have to play that ridiculous advanced false nine position where he doesn't use any of his skills. You know, he's he's he scored two cracking goals yesterday as a consequence of um, I mean, after the second one, obviously, Murata was on the pitch. But it was it was having somebody up front who distracts rather than having having no one or himself. You know, he's not going to be in those positions running onto the ball at the edge of the penalty area if he's advanced with his uh, with his face looking for the ball coming to him. You know, so Jonathan, he's, he's, it ca- you know, kind yeah. of it kind of reminds me, you know, when 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 we asked Hazard to, to play like that, it's a bit like you know, having a Jack Russell in your side or a Terrier. You know, if you've ever played football with a Jack Russell or a Terrier, as I'm sure all of us have, you'll yes. know that they both pass the ball uh, and tackle and shoot to themselves. You know, they, they never let the ball go. They they basically do everything. And it kind of reminds me a bit like that when he has to play that false number nine. I think you're absolutely spot on, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you. But I, I know I, I I wish him well. I think because he uh, he I think he did the terrible <coughs> thing of k- kissing the badge at one stage, which I thought. Oh, well, did he? Uh, yeah, that's a bit. He didn't even score. Of, no, he <laughs> should have scored those two goals. In yeah, fact, he in yeah. fact, he should have yeah. that one that he he hit straight to the goalkeeper. Great would have scored. And there was a typical Giroud moment when he had a an overhead kick, didn't he? Just by the post, which uh, yeah. a number of times he scores that in the six yard box. But but I think it's um bit it'll rusty, end up maybe. It, 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 yeah, a bit rusty. I I think it's it's. It's the kind of signing you think, okay, he's probably not going to play every week. He'll probably come on as a as a sub, but uh, if it puts pressure on Morata, and it's also it's a plan B. 
It's something else to, to deal with. He could start with him and then bring on Morata because, as Morata showed, he's a you know he's a very pacey bloke. He had a very decent shot, didn't he, in the uh, second half yeah. that, uh, that Foster saved, and he had another shot. And I suddenly thought, bloody hell, what's happened to his back injury with Morata? I thought he was, yeah. uh, you know, was it was well, it that that... It also? We're going to get onto that later, I presume. Well, no, no. I just got, I was just going to say, I just thought bring bring Tony in actually because I, right, I yeah, yeah, because I've into... gone on too much. Sorry, Tony. No, Sorry, no, but, but but that's why I love you. It's not don't don't take it as a as a no. I haven't, a, I haven't, you know, I haven't. I was going to say, no, no, I'm a bit worried though. Is this the real Tony? Because if there's a Tony on Mixler, who is this one? <clears throat> well, that's a very good I, question. Will the real I, Tony I, stand up? Yes, I, I I multitask, you see, which is actually um, Tony. Don't uh, stand up because the mic yeah. is a bit weird. And, and I, honestly, you've seen me, Chidge. If I stand up, no one notice anyway. So I, I'm glad you it. said that, and, and it, it, it meant that I didn't have to. Yes, yeah, so well, there's a couple of things. People. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, don't worry on. about yeah. it, mate. I, I mean, I can't talk. Me and Jonathan and you are all, all quite... It's only Dan that's tall, really. We're all short-arses. Yeah, we are. We're all short-arses. We more than make nine. up for it, though, in, in yes, other ways, are, if you know what I mean. That would make us the Pedro, William and Hazard of the fan cast, wouldn't it? Oh, it would. I'd like to be the... Can I be the Mickey Thomas of the fan cast? I'd be the Tony Pasquarino. Jonathan, you probably are. Listen, enough already. Tony... One of the things that Jonathan was alluding to, um, which I, I think is really interesting, is that, and I wrote about this in the article, which I'm plugging yet again, I'm shameless, but um, over and above the fact that I think Morata actually could well be, uh, you know, he could be our top striker, actually. I think he's good enough to challenge Morata on that front. Um, it's clearly the competition that Morata needed because, you know, like, like we heard in the presser last week, Conte was giving it all the, well, I don't know when he'll be back. We know that there's a bit of a mental resilience issue. And lo and behold, he appears on the bench as soon as Giroud gets a start and yeah. comes on. So, I mean, it could do him good, couldn't it, that competition? It, it, it will do. It will do. Because um, I I like Batshuayi, but I, I see him much more as a as the sort of player that Anelka became in his later years when he knew he wasn't an out-and-out striker. But you know, was a good front man to have up there as a foil to the striker, if you like. Um, yes, I think Morata... He's getting a short, sharp lesson in the Premier League this year. Um, you know, with the way it's played, he's come from you know the Spanish tippy tappy league. Um, we don't have that. Even City will know that they're going to have players into them, um, despite no matter how tippy tappy they try and get. And I think it is a good thing that kind of competition does spark people up. Um, you know, each one would want to be the top dog. My my views on. Giroud, number one, I'm still quite amazed that we got him. When we were doing the January, um, you know, shop around, walking up and down the aisles of, of footballers looking for a move, he was the least likely, I thought, that we, we would have got, you know, because it all looked like, you know, he had the bollocks about Crouch and Bloody Carroll and all that, and then other players being mentioned and Jekko. And now, uh, uh, and I'm pleased we got uh, Giroud. The things about Giroud I noted were that he reminds me, and this is not as outlandish as you might think, right? But I think he's got a touch of the Didier Drogba's about him. In that really? he's, yeah, sure. I do. I think he's, I think he's sort of clumsy looking on the ball. Let's face it, Drogba could be a baby giraffe when he wanted to be. It takes him five or ten meters to get up to speed. A bit like Drogba, he's an absolutely lethal header of the ball, like Drogba. Okay, and good um, in defence as well. Actually, and on that good point, in defence. Now, and the other thing I will say about Drogba was after his. 
first season, when I was probably the only person in Stamford Bridge who said, this guy is going to be fantastic for us, because I'd, I'd seen him play a few times for Marseille. Well, I see... and, and you're a genius, Tony. I mean, you know. But I would also say this with Giroud. Um, he's not scared to take a few hits. OK, and he took a few last night, which diverted some of that away from Hazard, right? And Drogba, in the end, in the end, after that first season, when he stopped all the bloody diving, right, which is Morata's issue, going, de- going to ground to easy. What I like about Giroud, he's like the planet Jupiter for Hazard. He's going to take a lot of the crap, yeah, on the sort of gravitational pull theory. He'll take a lot of the shit. And Drogba did the same. And Drogba, as his career went on with Chelsea, started to quite enjoy that, yeah, he was the one, you know, try and kick me if you can, you bastard. And I think Giroud's got a touch of that about I'm not saying he's a new drug, but what I'm saying is there's you're, he's challenging a similar the, role. And, and honestly, how can you hate somebody with such a magnificent bid? And one more thing, Chidge, right? We had Costa. We had a, an old-fashioned kick up, kick him up in the air, centre forward, right? But one big thing I think with Giroud is he's got a much, much better temperament than Costa. He will not get wound up in the same way that Costa mm. will. Or did. I think right. that's, a really, that, yeah. that's a really good point, mate, actually. I hadn't thought of that. I mean, you know, what I would say, I mean, picking up from what you're saying there is that, you know, what we've been used to at Chelsea is, is a striker who has the physicality to be able to hold the ball up on his own and create his own chances and score with them like Drogba did brilliantly. Or, as you said, to, to hold the ball up and link other people in and take the heat off and play other really good players in, which Drogba yeah. also did. And I think we've really... Re- I mean, Costa to an extent did that actually i thought he was he was good at that but yeah. but apart from that i mean we we've really felt dan you know it, it's interesting i was talking to my my lovely boss who's a who's a very knowledgeable about a uh, football she's a, she's a big arsenal fan goes quite a lot she was quite she had some really interesting insight on on Giroud, which kind of picks up from what tony was saying cuz you know i like like tony i was a bit surprised that we got him or that they were stupid enough to let him go but she said well you know the thing is He's not he's not a, a, a Wenger type of striker because he's not pacey. You know, he likes strikers with pace uh, and therefore he wasn't a good fit for Arsenal, whereas he will be a good fit for us. And actually, he was also quite keen to go because he wasn't getting playing time. And, you know, he's got one eye on the World Cup. And apparently she was saying that Everton were interested in him. So I, I think we, A, did quite well to get him. But I think he could be a very shrewd buy for us, judging from what I saw. I mean, do you think he was a shrewd buy? Do you think, do you think he could really help to turn the season around, in a sense? Because it's absolutely. really what we've been lacking, isn't it? Yeah, and absolutely. You know, well, he brings you know, competition to, you know, tangible competition to Morata. He gives a physical presence up front. He's intelligent. He's a, he's a very, very good player. I think we've done very well compared to who we're linked with. You now we've come out of it, you know, pretty well. I think he's going to be, you know, a good, good short-term signing. He settled in very well intelligent little flick for Hazard and I think I just think you know we needed it we need that physicality up front we need somebody he, you know who doesn't mind getting bullied because you saw the highlights I think it might be Johnny Evans or Hagazi was trying to get at him but he just stood up strong he held the ball flicked it off nicely and gave Hazard the opportunity to score and as Hazard said he, um, he, he, he runs better without the ball and you know with Giroud being a focal point and more than able to hold his own, he gives Hazard a chance to, you know, to break free, you know, create create havoc. Because you know he's not he's not a false nine. He's, he is, you know, you play him, you know, in his best position. We've got a player of that quality. You don't play him as a striker. And going back to Morata, this is also Morata's first full season as a first choice striker. Because generally, where he's been out on loan or with Madrid, he's always been a bit part player. So I think physically, it'll be a good year to adapt and mentally as well. So I think potentially next season we'll see the best of him. 
Hmm. Here's a question for you, Dan. Do you, do you think? I mean, because what? Because they they're not they're not the same kind of striker in a way. And I'm just wondering, do you think they could play as a two if needed? So, you know, I can I to be real, I can't ever see Conte playing four four two with two proper strikers up front. But for example, you know, bringing one of them on to play, you know, as a two, if if needs be, in a game that needs winning or something, you know, you think that yeah, you think, think they so. could play together? I think so because Morata's a very intelligent player because when he came on yesterday he's making some great runs and does create space for him very well and Giroud will be very good at finding him so if you imagine you had he Hazard Morata as a three I think it could work if you chase the game I mean there was a time beginning of last season when Conte bought on Batshui and you know he, he flicked it on for Costa so there is a potential for them to work together I don't think you know they start them because I think it will leave us exposed you know, if you take yeah, a player yeah. on the field. So I think, but as a, you know, 15 minutes trying to, you know, get a winner in the new camp, you never know. Yeah. Uh, Dean Mears, uh, Jonathan, uh, the wonderful Dean Mears, who writes for CFC UK. Uh, I, I bet you he's already done his article. I'm halfway through mine, but he's just, he's just one mixler tonight, Jonathan. He says, it's good to have a striker that concentrates on his own hair and not his missus's. <laughs> uh, I now I now have visions of uh, Morata, uh, you know, blow drying. Be careful what I say here. Blow drying Giroud's hair, Jonathan. Didn't he uh, blow dry blow dry uh, uh, her hair wearing an Atletico Madrid shirt? <laughs> no, 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 really, no. He's real. Yeah. He's that was that was on uh, that was on Plus Twitter. Something real with an Atletico no. shirt. I think but it wasn't that when he was out. He was, out he, was just, he was just out. Whenever this was was pretty recent, I think. But you know, perhaps he, no. perhaps he's giving a sign. Perhaps like Thibaut. Thibaut no, always mentions uh, his love for Madrid whenever he's interviewed by Spanish telly. Yeah, but um, he doesn't say that. You know, he, he loves his family in Madrid. It, every time this gets aired, it's just they're very selective what they what they pick out. No, it's true. They pick out, don't they? But nonetheless, yeah. I do and wish that he wish he'd stop talking about how wonderful Madrid is because I think. Lots, lots of us would like to be in Madrid because the weather's so much nicer. It's bloody yeah. freezing. And I wonder how many yeah, of them well, have been affect, yeah. affected by the fact that we've had one of the coldest winters uh, um, that I can oh, remember. God. Is it that I'm just I terribly know. old? Mate, I'm sorry, Jonathan. Jonathan, this has not yeah. been a cold winter. I mean, it's no, been it's cold, but I mean, I remember, I mean, I remember, I mean, I know it doesn't happen very often, particularly in Winchester and London, because it tends to be warmer than the rest of the country. But I remember wading through snow in London, it being like the bloody Arctic. So this is, this has been irritatingly cold, but not horribly cold, I would say. I think Even it's been like, consistently cold. And also, I've just got terribly thin. So I've got no, no, no blubber on me anymore. Yeah, I've become, I'm, yeah. I'm attempting to, uh, I'm attempting to change my image. Listen, well, clearly I'm blubbered up, so I don't feel the cold as bad. But I, I don't like it, mate. I'll be honest with you. Anyway, listen. Getting back to the football, Jonathan. I mean, <laughs> I think we're all collectively we're all collectively giving uh, you know Giroud a big thumbs up, really, aren't we? Or are we getting ahead of ourselves? I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. I think we're giving yeah, him a thumbs are, up like because we've that. yeah because we've got somebody there who actually does appears to be doing what most strikers normally do. You know, I would have been intrigued to see if we'd bought Rondon or somebody who's a who's a, a unit and gets about and uh, um, or even other players that aren't um, enormous giraffes that we were associated with. But uh, um, I, I think in terms of um, uh, I mean, obviously, you have to consider his personality. They've obviously done some due diligence on him, and he's clearly a nice bloke and gets on with everybody. Whereas, um, uh, you know, you never know other players might be might be difficult. I mean, I think I think we've established that all that those connections with uh, Carroll and Crouch were just rubbish and just made up by the media, who, okay. who 
who have this uh, agenda towards us. We're trying to make out that we're uh, we're on our last legs and it's all falling apart. Um, I, th- I think it's a bit more sinister than that. I think Martin Wickham was the one who pointed out to me that a lot of those rumours emanate from Sky Sports News. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and then it. they get, and then of course they get the rush towards Sky Bet in order for people, mugs to go and bet on the fact that Carol Yeah, that's very well observed. Yeah, absolutely yeah, no, right. There seems to be a lot of that, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, there was a, you know what? Was, um, I mean, there, there was sorry, a rumour during the week, sorry, one sec, when the week, somebody put around that JT was coming back to be manager. And uh, yeah. and that, oh, that yeah. had some kind of, that. It, it took off a little bit. You think, yeah. well, you know, the, the the chances of that are just so ludicrously slim. I don't think he's even finished his badges yet. As he same with same with Frank. He hasn't he hasn't done his badges. And why would no. you get what Chelsea's Chelsea don't um tend to appoint people who aren't pretty stellar and have had masses of European experience. That's that's mm. just the way they are, you know. Mm. Um, you know somebody I think somebody somewhere should should do an investigation on that, you know, because I think yeah. <clears throat> Martin's point is, is very interesting and it's clearly a conflict of interest. To say, I mean, to me, it's it smacks of a massive conflict of interest, if nothing yeah. else. But yeah. anyway, listen, we need to move on to part two because we've got lots to talk about. Uh, and in fact, after the break, we are, as I said earlier on, we're going to heap even more praise on Eden Hazard. And uh, not just because we love him and we want him to stay. And we're also going to ask, uh, with the victory over bottom of the table, mighty West Brom, has the Chelsea crisis. This sounds like Jim Bloody White, doesn't it? I don't think I can do his <laughs> Scottish accent justice. Has the Chelsea crisis been averted? And has it saved Antonio Conte's pancetta? The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And for those of you listening earlier, uh, I'm sorry if it went it went a bit Sky Sports and, and Jim Wire. I, I promise you, it will never happen again. If it does, I will go outside and shoot myself in the head. Okay, so that won't happen again. Uh, right, in, in this bit, we've got lots to talk about, uh, but we're going to kick off with Hazard. Um, you know, I, 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 I hate to sound like we're repeating ourselves because the number of times we sit on this show and go, my God, Hazard scored a great goal. Hazard's fantastic. What are we going to do without him? But you, you can't ignore the fact, um, you know... Uh, I thought West Brom were really lively for that first 15 minutes. And, and, and if Rodriguez hadn't missed that, you know, fairly simple chance, and Rondon had a bullet header which whizzed past, um, and Chelsea looked like bloody Bambi on ice. I mean, they clearly looked very nervous. The, there's a dearth of confidence thanks to the two horrible defeats to Bournemouth and, and, and Watford. So, you know, on another day, it could have been very, very different. And then, you know, as we said earlier on, thanks to uh, that great layoff by uh, Giroud, uh, and and then Hazard put away. I mean, they they went to town. I mean, Tony and I were watching it on the telly, and, of course, we... Uh, we saw the uh, the home. Sorry, I've just no. I, I'm Same what Andy Silverman's written. I know. I've just seen <laughs> yeah, it. I'll yeah, read yeah, it in yeah, a minute. Yeah. But um, you know, they were doing going to town on Sky about it because uh, the way that he swiveled his hips, as Thierry Henry lovingly said, and and basically completely wrong-footed Ben Foster. The guy is absolutely superb, 
And then his second goal, I think, arguably was even better because he he saw a tiny gap, realised that Foster was unsighted, and he put it in the only place he could put it, and everybody else thought he was going to pass it or cross it. I mean, this kid is absolutely sublime to watch, Tony, isn't he? I mean, what will we do if he up up sticks and goes to Real Madrid? I mean, I'm a firm believer that, you know, the the club is bigger than the players, the managers and all the rest of it, but my God, he'll be a miss and hard to replace if he does go. Well, I, I will start with this. He's irreplaceable in my view. Okay, he is absolutely irreplaceable. And if we do let him go and we get 150 million, there is no player at the moment that we could bring in that would make me think, yes, we'd, it would be, to my mind, it would be akin to when we sold Robin and replaced him with Maluda. And everyone went, this Maluda's good. And I sat there going, no, not really. He was the first player I ever gave a zero out of 10 for when I used to write for my, um, my Chelsea blog, Maluda. And I think he's absolutely irreplaceable as Hazard. I think he's fantastic. We should be doing whatever we can. But we've had him five years. Okay, Six, Six is it. And that frightens me. Yeah. You know, this this young lad... Well, five and a half. Is, five and a half, yeah. to be honest, mate. He, he's yeah. got to make a decision on his future now. Okay. Does he become a one-club man, pretty much, if we give him a five-year deal? Even if we break the bank to do it? Or does he go off, um, you know... And, and I would suggest not unreasonably decides that Barcelona or Real Madrid or something like that is somewhere to go and, you know, do something different with your career. But I do, I agree with you. I think he's utterly, utterly fantastic. You saw the interview between him and Henri, Henri last night. And Henri is becoming the king of the pundits on Sky. Okay. Um, but Henri absolutely oozes. He, if Henri was a woman, he'd be moist. Well, he just okay. oozes, mate. He just oozes, yeah, doesn't he? Because he knows what a player... Hazard is. Um, and I think, um, you know, yes, if we can get him, we should build the team around him. We should absolutely be doing everything we can to keep him. Because, and, and I'll say this, I would suggest that in all of the years of supporting Chelsea, if you said to me, who is the best player? I would be very, very hard pushed between him and Gianfranco Zola. I, and I think possibly Hazard might just have it because we got him younger and he does things, you know, you, you and I, Cheech, and Dan and, and Jonathan, who will, the day you shuffle off this mortal coil, you will remember that goal he scored against Arsenal last year. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the finest you've ever seen at Stamford I think there's more of that to come. Fabulous player, loving the bits. He's not a rat, as some people you know, still want to call him or whatever. Um, and if he left the club, I don't think it would be a, a, anything to do with disloyalty. It would just be a young man making a big decision about where his future lies and what his career, where his career is going to go. Mm. Uh, Dan, I think uh, you know Tony's quite rightly summed that up. I had a really interesting little kind of chat. There's a lovely bloke. I've not, I've not met him knowingly. I, I, I hope to have a beer and a. And a lot, I mean, a bit like before I met Tony, really. I used to read a lot of what Tony wrote and, and listen to the podding shed and stuff. And, and I'd love to have sit down and have a beer and a chat about Chelsea with this chap. And uh, uh, it's Nick, Blue Tinted Nick, uh, <coughs> on Twitter, who, who write. yeah, Tony loves him too. I mean, he writes some great stuff. And I had a little kind of discussion with him last night. And there's a really interesting difference between building a team around somebody and building a team around somebody. And, you know, I, I as always, wasn't that eloquent on Twitter, but... There's, I mean, I take picking up from what Tony said. I mean, you know, you can't just have him as as like a one man team, which is what I think Nick thought that I meant. 
you know, i.e., oh, let's just give the ball to Hazard and see what happens. But there's a case for having him as the focal point, isn't there, Dan? Because, you know, he's a rare, rare, rare talent. And I think given the right players around him, we, you know, we could have a hell of a team, couldn't we? If he stays. Yeah, I, I just think he's one of those, play, you know, once, once in a generation players, he is so good. I think he could be better. I think, as people alluded to in the past, I think maybe mentally he's not quite at the top level. Talent-wise, talent I don't think it's in question, but mentally he's not selfish enough. He's not, you know, he's not that, you know, I don't want to knock him, but I think mentally he could be a lot better. But I think he is brilliant. You know, we talk about lacking a spine. He's he's the key man for your new spine. If we keep Courtois, I think he's a very good goalkeeper. Christensen, Kante, Hazard, okay, it's not, you know, there, there's your spine. Okay, maybe it's not as it was under Mourinho first time around, but that is a decent spine to build a team around. And we, ha- we have to keep him. I think he's just a joy to watch. Well, actually, without mentioning names, I was in the pub last night talking to somebody who works in a school with Hazard's kids, and apparently he's looking, he's looking favourable to sign a new contract because obviously he's very settled in London. Not necessarily about money. I think as long as Chelsea continue, you know, Champions League, there's a there's a good chance he will win you because this will be his you know his last major contract. It's got to be right for him, you know. Financially, it's probably a secondary issue just as a as a human and, and where he's going to be as a club. So I, I do hope you know we see him here in five years' time, approaching you know 500 games. Um, I don't think he'll get anywhere near Lampard's record, but it'll be certainly be you know towards the top end of our goal scorers if we do keep him for another five years. Mm, good stuff, Dan. Jonathan, he's actually, I think he's got 18 goals this season, which is, for, I think, in all competitions. I mean, he, he's he's often been criticised for not scoring as much as he should or for passing instead of shooting. And Thierry Henry was very interesting on that on Sky last night because obviously as the assistant coach for Belgium, he, apparently he encourages him to, to be a bit more selfish and to, to do that. But I mean, he, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding. He's scoring the goals as well this season. Uh, and, and and the other thing I, I think I would add to what the boys have just said is that he is an in, he is a different sort of player. And I take Dan's point about the fact that he's not perhaps as ruthless or as driven as, as some of the, you know, the greats like Ronaldo Messi. But this is a guy who plays for the love of football. And that kind of makes me think that, you know, thinking about how we might keep him is that to have an environment where he that 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 love of football is allowed to flourish. And that possibly means not having managers who make him, you know, play like a right back or make him overtrain or whatever. I'm not saying that Conte does that, but you know, a manager who is sensitive to his unique talents and and his his attitude to the game, whilst fitting it in with the team ethic. Does that make some sense, J.K.? Yeah, but I I think it's important that that the the manager is a is a a stable one for him because the club will then, if they know they've got somebody who's staying on and has got a vision will then back him with players and uh, and the the all all the news that we've been getting is that he he, he isn't a stable manager he's just uh, uh, very abrasive um he's crazy he's italian he, indeed he is but that doesn't mean if he's saying you know i don't want to be with the club anymore um the the club aren't then going to buy be putting the feelers out for players that he suggests um uh you know at the moment if you look through you think well who isn't who are, the, who are the players that aren't aren't working at the moment? Hasn't made it hasn't worked for. Well, obviously, Bakayoko. Jonathan, Jonathan, who yeah. is not working for you at the moment? Yeah, who's well? In fact, um, uh, um, 
Uh, you always work for me, Chich. I, I, I put that oh, down to your, your great effort. And, uh, and Tony and Dan are working very well tonight. Um, I just hope I am. Um, but, um, we, we love you, JK. <laughs> oh, Tony, I love you too. Um, uh, are you the real Tony, though? I'd like to know. Um, uh, yeah, um, and you haven't coughed once. What's happened? I'm cleverly you muting. I'm, you, you keep I'm muting. muting. But, uh, clever, clever. He's using the mute button. Well, but do you, do you hear what I'm saying about um, if yeah. if uh, if he's off, um, uh, they're not going to be putting the feelers out for for marquee players. I reckon if they bought if they had if they bought two marquee players, he would be uh, inclined to to hang about, and also we would then because um, uh, he was the last marquee player that we bought, wasn't he? Um, and, and I just think they've got to splash the cash, if only for a couple. Now, I don't know what, what positions we should try and improve, but Bakayoko's not working. You hope that next season he'll somehow, perhaps he'll, he'll, he'll extract the digit. Um, and Drinkwater seems to be uh, in a kind of straitjacket. And whether that's a Conte straitjacket, because I don't get the impression he's expressing himself at all um, whenever he comes on. Um, and we, I mean, I think, Dan, you said before, when you were on before, he didn't have much of a pre-season and perhaps he'll be fitter next year. Um, but uh, is that correct? I think that was the case. I think you said that last time we were talking well, I about think drink, drink water. I was just, all I was going to say is you're right. I, I think everyone's forgetting that this season, and we, as we expected last season to be, is a work in progress. I, don't, I think, you know, uh, and, and if you take Hazard, if you take the logical conclusion of that, that you want to build your squad around Hazard in the same way that Barca built it around Messi without them being a one-man team... I yeah. think that's what you're getting at, Chidge. Yeah, mm. is that he was a key feature of it. You buy the players that will support and 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 you know help that player. nurture, nurture, nurture well. yeah. And I think yeah. we've we, we've got some work to do there. But you know, I think with the likes of Bakayoko, and you know, everyone's judging them after half a season. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. And I think we're, we should we should view ourselves as a work in progress. But he has been a bit poor. Mm. He's been he, he poor. Ha- he has. Poor. But then yeah. you know, we we. we, we, we me, me and you have argued or debated this before, JK, where we, we seem to be quite happy to hit the eject button, not only with managers, but with players. Based on what? Based on, on fan vox pop or what? I don't know. But well, no, no, I think it's always well, on and, the, and imme- what, the immediacy you, of what you see. And what you, you see. Know. But, you know, you know ultimately... It, it's the terrible thing is that people need, really need to hit the ground running. And it's it's tricky, isn't it? I think we're forgiving with Morata because we've seen yeah. some really excellent moments. But Bakayoko has been... Uh, yeah, um, but I think has I been think... weirdly uh, uh, like a, a you know no resemblance to the player that's um, Bakayoko that played a French at national. Uh, I think so. He's also he, he, he is. Of... But listen, just to, just to, yeah. to, to kind of move yeah. it on a second because we we did the whole Bakayoko thing uh, on last week's show. But I, yeah. I would just say in his defence, J.K. and I, I I agree with you to a degree. You know, we can only go on what we see, and you know, barring bloody sky moving the damn fixtures um we see every game and yeah he's been really poor and I, the point i made last week was that given that he's been really poor he should have been protected by the manager and taken out of the spotlight. completely no we agree we, reason, said and, we thought it was ridiculous yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. hang on yeah. hang on hang on hang on and and the other thing about it is that i think we do need to remember whilst i accept what you say at a club like chelsea you need to come in and you need to hit the ground running but the reality is is that we're not buying players that are proven world class of 25 to 30 we are now when we're buying players we're buying players like Bakayoko who are younger and who have the potential either to make it at Chelsea or for resale value so therefore to expect Bakayoko to kind of come in in his first season the PL and be brilliant 
was maybe asking too much and he's been found wanting but i don't think it means that he's shit and we should get rid of him i think that he needs to be nurtured no i don't think i don't maybe think that was ever, ever the case we didn't say he was shit and would be got rid of we we were actually no. um debating the manager's uh um uh, genius in in playing yeah, him, and he was yeah. clearly very devoid of of confidence. And, and if people forget, he's coming back of a very serious knee injury as well, so he's probably not even anywhere yeah. near one hundred percent match fit either. Exactly, that's a very yeah. good point, Dan. Um, listen, we, we're kind of getting into to manager territory, really. We're talking about Conte and Bakayoko, so I think yeah. it, it's the right time to have a good old chin wag about uh, Antonio Conte. I mean, <coughs> I mean, look, the, 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 the reality is, I think I think all of us are, are not one-eyed enough to, to to not admit that we weren't perhaps at our best last night i thought going back to thierry Henry again weirdly he he actually summed it up on sky brilliantly in 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 an in, in indefatigable french way he just said basically west brom you know they did they you know they couldn't they couldn't score Chelsea did score and then they couldn't score and then Chelsea did score and then they didn't score and then Chelsea yeah. did score and I thought actually that's a brilliant match summary and that's exactly the point we took our chances and were clinical and West Brom didn't and ultimately that was the main difference between the two sides but you know it wasn't by any stretch of the imagination I don't, don't think a great Chelsea performance or a massive win but in the scheme of things I think considering the absolute arse gravy that's been going on for the last two weeks I think it probably was I mean you know, uh, Dan, I, I wasn't there last night, but I mean, what what was the atmosphere like? Because I, I got a sense on the telly that it was a bit um, a bit nervy from the supporters, really, and a bit, ooh, ooh, yeah. uh, you know. And then when we scored, it all changed, and and we got behind the team, and la 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 la. The rest is history. But I mean, what what was it like? Yeah, it was pretty, I mean, I think the first five ten minutes there was sort of you know the nerves when they nearly scored in the first few minutes when Moses' header fell mm. to Rodriguez. There was a certain thing. Oh God, here we go again. But I think you know. Listen, after the shit show of Watford or Bournemouth, we weren't going to go straight up to, to our best. I think we took the lead, took control of the game and did really, really well. I thought, you know, vast improvement on the previous two performances. Still could do a lot, lot better. I mean, West, West Brom, you know, they weren't poor. It was, you know, it wasn't a, you know, a 3-0. They, you know, they took their chances. They could have, could have, you know, certainly got a point out of it. So I think, and Pardew said after the game, it was a harsh, a harsh lesson. If you don't take your chances at this level, you don't win games. Um it was important win for confidence. And, you know, Watford was the capitulation in the last five minutes after we managed to get way back into it. Bournemouth was one of those days. I think, you know, where we are where we are. We're, you know, fourth. We're in pole position. You know, we haven't had a bad, you know, bad record this season. You know, most other seasons we've been, you know, top of the league. It's just City have done so well. They're the benchmark, 15, 20 points clear. I think we're doing, you know, okay. That makes that makes sense. I think you know. I th- no, it does. It does. I think for me, the main the main point the main point, Tony, really is that I think the significance of the match for me, in many respects, was the the absolute relief that we all felt. The fact that we'd managed to, you know, put away three goals, beat a team, and and not look like a, a, a poor imitation of ourselves, which is what we have looked like for the last couple of weeks, and also what that might mean. For Conte, I mean, I'm just wondering how much, you know, pressure that's lifted off Conte and whether or not the press might leave him alone for a week. Because, well, you know, some of the stuff that was being banded around last week was just utter 
Be- I mean, bewildering. He's going to be yeah. fired if we lose against Watford. Yeah. Oh, he wasn't fired. You know, it's just to write a bloody story. I get that, you know. But it come is. on. It was out, we, we, out of order, surely. I often have... I've had this ongoing debate with Kweku, um, uh, number one is Chelsea on Twitter, um, who he's convinced that, you know, it's be- the club leak. The club leak all of this out. The club leak this kind of... Call it disinformation if you want, or... Information, whichever way you cut it, um, you know they they have been known to do it before to undermine managers and coaches. Um, and then I read this, what I think is utterly ridiculous, um, that Conte wants to get the sack so he can get his thirty million pound payoff. I doubt I've ever seen anybody less likely to want that on the touchline. He seems to hurt as much as us, and I think his body language is that of is is is. is almost reflecting that of the fans when we're losing. You know, that kind of shoulders down um, what's going on. We're all a bit bewildered by it. He's bewildered by it, OK? Um, and you can say, well, he shouldn't be because he's the manager. But this is his second season. This is probably where he's finding out the truth about the Premier League, OK? And I don't believe... In everything he said lately, not one thing points to him wanting to go. He's talking about... Wanting to stay, he's saying the club have got to make an intelligent or stupid decision. I think that's because his lack of English there. I think he probably means an intelligent or less intelligent decision about the future. Do they want to build something? Do they want to let him build this or whatever? Nothing, nothing I'm seeing is telling me he's angling to, to leave or to get sacked. Okay, and when you read some of the comments he's made last night about what he's, you know, his, his wife and his child are over here, and you know they, uh, how how much he loves the English uh, way of life and all this sort of stuff. So I think a lot of it is you know, we saw this with Jose, didn't we? We had him come back as the happy one. We had the, the, the little horses, big horses thing and the press. Oh, well, that is cheeky old Jose back. He's the happy one now. Second season, we go and win the premiership. Third season, they were on him like a pack of fucking wolves. Absolutely every little thing. And that feeds into the fans. And then you get this kind of undercurrent of conspiracy theorists within the fans. You know, you've got them now. And there's some people I know who I've met in the cock and at, at other pubs or whatever who are calling him Wiggy. We shouldn't have a bloke with a wig as a manager. Oh, as if that's a fucking reason, right? Okay. Um, and, and it, it it's not a wig me. either. It's not a wig. It's a, well, it's it's a, a wig. It's a wig. I think it's a hair transplant. It's a, head, it's a head, okay. fan, fantastic hair transplant. Yes. Yeah, so, and, and, and what if it is? Are we really at that? No, I'm not congratulating him. I think it's wonderful. No, I know that, but do we still have a subset of fans who think it's in some sort of way it demeans his his masculinity to do this, to have a hair, you know, just because he wants to look better? Look, at the end of the day, um, I, I was very, very vocal last week on Twitter about it. I had some good rows about this. OK, my view is, is that I, I love Conte. I, I like him because he genuinely feels like he's one of us. He, he mirrors the way I feel. And that may not be the right thing. He shouldn't have got involved with Jose. He did, but I'm fucking glad he did because I'm sick and tired of these media muppets that turn up, media trained muppets going, it's all about the points and trying to keep away. He's taken on someone who's been goading him, right? And in a fight, I know where my my money would be. Uh, At the end of the day, what I like about Conti is he apparently seems to love us. We should love him. And this idea that we want to get rid of him, to do what? To get another fucking caretaker in some other no-mark manager? Tuchel? They're talking about Tuchel? He's a fucking AVB too. That's all he is. You know, Luis Enrique. What is this about Luis Enrique? Wasn't he utterly bollocks with with his previous club? Roma, yeah. 
exactly. What, so what we're talking about, we've got a good manager. Get behind him. And I think the club, what is missing, and I think you, you, you did say this last week on, on this show, so I am repeating, and I, I'm not going to make any apologies for this. When You go, you to know, the Tony, Roman, we should have had you on last week. I hear what you're saying. When you go saying. to Roman Abramovich, Chidge, and you look at the board, or the board, what we call the board, there is not one fucking football person on there. Not one. So these people, nope. there should be one person up there. I don't care who it is. Carlo Ancelotti, if you want to get a fantastic director of football, get somebody in there who knows the game, knows players, who's in charge of recruiting, in charge of seeing players um, on their way out of their careers, okay, and doing that with dignity, and in charge of bringing through development and who we should be signing and tapping up. That's what you want there. That's what's missing. And that mm. would, Conte would love that because he can get on with a job of coaching. Rant over. Yeah. yeah, well, I, you know, you're not, you weren't the only one listening last week because, uh, I, I, you know, Joe Tweed was clearly listening last week because he then wrote a brilliant article about uh, we need a director of football, which is exactly the point I made. Uh, and then he put it on Football London. So thanks for that, Joe. No, I'm only pulling his leg. It was a brilliant article. Worth <laughs> a read if you can find it. And uh, Joe, in fact, will be uh, on the show next week so I can wind him up personally, which is far more fun. Um, Dan, I think, you know, one of the interesting things, uh, you know, look, I think a lot of the frustration that we say every week and quite a lot in print about what supporters have as, as Chelsea supporters is, of course, we genuinely have no bloody idea what's going on, who's making what decisions and why and all the rest of it. Um, so, you know, we're not going to get to the bottom of it. So in a, in a sense, let's let's stop trying. But I thought his, his, his um, you know, Conte's you know, he's been criticised actually recently for being not very shrewd politically by constantly goading the board and moaning about the transfers, this, that and the other. But maybe he's not such a bad politician after all, because I thought his statements last night about the supporters was, was brilliant, actually. You know, if you want if you want to try and, 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 and uh, you know, stay in your position for a bit longer than you might otherwise, given our board's proclivity to get rid of you, Getting the supporters on side by telling them exactly what they want to hear is no bad thing. And I think just to quote, I mean, he, he said something about, you know, giving 100% for the colour, the shirt and the badge and, and basically thank the supporters for all the support they're giving him, didn't he? And I think yeah. that was quite shrewd of him. Yeah, yeah I think he's... The thing with Conte, he's a proper... He's, a, he's got a stellar career as a player and, you know, four domestic titles in a row while he's, you know, either side of his uh, Italy role. Uh, what the club want? I mean... It's baffling. They've got a coach who generally is a class act. He doesn't bring a shitstorm around the club like Mourinho did. He won the title in his first year. You, you give you give him what he wants. I mean, the third. This is the third time we won the league, failed to invest, and we, you know, having a not the best season. Although that, you know, this this year we're still there or thereabouts. If you said said to me, you know, two years of content, we won league, top four finish, and maybe the FA Cup, that would be a more than adequate, you know, turnaround for your first two years. He needs to stay because he's he's a great manager, and we're going to run out of great managers, you know, in time. I just I just don't get well. The, uh, who exactly? The who who are they going to turn to next? They're going well, to run out. The, I, mean, I mean, Tuchel looks like you know Steve Buscemi's ugly brother. I don't rate him at all because he got <laughs> sacked, you know sacked by Dortmund. Um, Enrique, you know, he, he shit the bed at Roma. He's in charge of Barcelona. Well, listen, you've got Lionel Messi. You know, it doesn't take much to to win the Spanish league. We need to build, you know, like we want to build Hazard as a focal point of the team. We need a manager for, you know, three to five years. You know, yes, he's, he's beginning to integrate, you know, the, the young players, not as much as perhaps we'd like. But, you know, Ampadu's had some game time. Hudson and Doyle's had a few minutes here and there. You, you have think, a manager who 
clearly is a good fit for the club. He loves the club. Fans love him. Good for the media. <clears throat> Give him exactly. what he wants. I think, I think you're not paying attention to the personality of the manager. Which, oh, I am. Which, which is actually very difficult. He's a very he's, difficult. I was going to say he's very abrasive. And, and very, oh, yeah, as I say, I said he's, he's very abrasive. I've, I've nicked that from from Barney Roney actually um, in, in, in the Guardian. But but I think the dilemma the dilemma is is that the the story which I'm, I'll repeat, which I've heard, was that um, uh, he didn't treat the the transfer window in the summer very well with the club and was um, very negative about wanting to stay at the club, and so they consequently didn't pursue the the, uh, the players that he'd pointed out, and particularly with Sandro. They didn't pursue it because they were worried that a new manager, when coming in, would therefore not be particularly interested in any of these players that he'd, uh, um, uh, he'd ring-fenced, that he'd, he'd worked out that he wanted to have. And that what we're dealing with, it, it, it's not sweetness and light. And the board are not to blame in the way that everybody is very keen to make them the focus of this blame. And um, uh, and they're 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 very keen on on making the club um, uh, a huge success and ultimately spending as much money as they possibly can to compete with uh, with the cities and the and the Uniteds um, and the Real Madrids and the Barcelonas. But the the way they're doing it needs to have somebody who is faithful to them. And he has demonstrated uh, that he is uh, a very loose cannon. And they're but, not de- they're not dealing sorry. with it well. No, I, 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 know, I know that's not your. Well, well, well. One of you, Tony, oh, first. Tony. That's not your perspective, J.K. And you're 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 bringing that to us, you know, and sharing that with us, which is great. Um, yeah. But with all due respect, if I was sitting in front of the board and they told me that, I'd say, "You bunch of fucking idiots." Right. No, I think. What I do, think you want? Has, do you want? I think do you he want said to... that though. I think yeah, this no, is well, the trouble and it right. hasn't gone down very well. I think he's got a bloody good case. You had a you had a one that was most respectful of the board. Okay, Carlo Ancelotti, a yes man. I don't like Carlo Ancelotti. I don't want him back at the club. Okay, um, uh, as great as he did in that first season, in the second season, I think he lost it, and I think he was uh, a, a yes man puppet who was just looked like a spineless idiot now if he if that's what they want great okay that's what they can have but they didn't even Leonard want that Slutsky's your man yeah exactly what, what do you end up you end up with some no one <laughs> and this it goes back to my point okay if your manager your coach is dealing with the board through a director of football who can smooth those and translate between the two okay I know what board of directors are like I, I deal with VIPs all the time they are fucking petulant, spoiled, <laughs> childish fucking people who think that the world revolves around them. The world smells of fresh paint, okay, and they expect everything to be done for them, right, whilst they sit there and take all the fucking credit and none of the negatives when things go wrong. A director of football, a, a good person, okay, and it could be Balak, it could be anybody you want who's a senior authority, like they've done at Barcelona, like they've done at other clubs, would sit there and be that kind of if you like firmware that sits between the board and the coach okay but I would rather have somebody like Conte with passion who is a bit of an irritant and a bit flash you know and, and have a flash temper and someone who cares about the club than have some fucking yeah. yes man going around doing exactly what people who know nothing about football at the top level of the club want him to do can I Rant- just say who, who right. the last 30 years Dan's turn Dan yeah, I was going to say in the last 30 years you've got to say Alex Ferguson has been probably the greatest manager 
the country scene, and he was very abrasive, very aggressive, and he he, he spoke his mind. That's what you know. He was he was brilliant for United. I, I I like the fact that Conte speaks his mind. I like the fact that he doesn't you know he doesn't sugarcoat stuff, which is which is great. So that's you know long may it continue. Well, can I use an example here of the Louise situation, which is um, uh, they fell out completely. And what I was told was that he wanted to get rid of Louise in the last transfer window. And Roman Abramovich has said, that's not happening. And so already there, there are constantly these little moments where, you know, Roman ultimately, as we established last week, he is the board. We can, we can you know, the board are just representatives but he, what he says goes in the end. And he's, are we suggesting he isn't a football man? Because probably he still isn't. You wonder how much, he, what, he's, what he's taken in over the years. Thank you. It's, it's, it's him, you know, he is the, he's the enormous cheese. He decides. And, he's the, and, he's uh, the grand fromage. He is the, the, um, yeah, to get back, yeah, to get back to the French theme that we had earlier. Is he blue cheese? Is he blue cheese, Jonathan? No, that's, that's me, actually. Oh, that's you. That, I'm I'm blue veined. I'm very blue veined, as you know. Roman's probably football by osmosis rather than being involved in the game. I yes, think he's exactly. Probably, probably very knowledgeable about the game. I think you know he's probably not many better. Well, come on. To be he's, honest, he's probably no more knowledgeable than we are, and and well, I don't think any of us, even in, even in our most drunken moments, would consider applying for the job of director of football. And I think that's kind of the that's, that's kind of the uh, point that Tony's making. Can I just I, I'm just going to move this on, chaps, because I think we 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 really gone to you've been brilliant actually. It's it's really interesting perspectives from all of you. I just like to have my my tuppence a halfpenny to it, um, which is. I, I wonder, because of the circumstances around the club and because of the regularity under which managers, you know, come and go, whether both the supporters and, of course, the media are all conditioned to it. And and I, I, I've been really, you know, very intrigued by the fact that Conte's been getting such a hard time over and above all of the whatever you may or may not know, JK. I mean, you know, we could go on about that you know ad, ad infinitum but this the, the whole fact that the press you know have all latched on he's going to get sacked he's going to get sacked and yet the reality is is that well actually before i get into that they they were all comparing this state of affairs with the Mourinho meltdown season and Mourinho getting sacked and of course we were 16th 17th position when that happened and yet we're fourth we're in the FA Cup. We're in the Champions League. There is absolutely no comparison to that season at all. And yet the assumption automatically was, oh, he's going to get sacked because we've lost two games. He's going to get sacked because we've lost two games. And I think that that's because the press are conditioned to it. And we are too as supporters. I'm, I'm astonished by the the ease with which we slip into that with, in terms well, of can expecting I, can I leap this in will happen and, as well. Can I leap in with a contradiction here? I, I think the problem with the performance in January and February... <clears throat> Was that we were we we were doing we were excellent up until January and February, and then we started playing football without any passion or um, uh, and lost all the, the the benefits we had all the skills that we had before, um, uh, and and the performances were dreadful. We couldn't beat an Arsenal side that everybody else was beating, and we had those two games. And I and and to be absolutely fair, I it, I don't understand why we go from being excellent to being very, very poor. Um, and, and I don't see any other clubs doing that. They don't, in the same way, the, 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 the kind of um, the meltdown that occurs with us is very extreme. And I think this is what encourages the press to believe there's going to be 
a new manager because it's not like losing one nil like United did the other day to Newcastle. It's 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 shipping three goals in the last few minutes against Watford and playing really dreadfully. And it's the dreadful aspect of the performances, particularly in the first six weeks of this year. So there were extremes here and they were encouraged. And I, I, I personally felt um, that it was there was something going on. And I still think there is. There was something, despite being inspired by last night's performance, I still think it wasn't very good. If, as you said, mm. if Rodriguez had scored in the, at the beginning, we'd have probably fallen apart. We'd be having a very different conversation. Um, so I, I think it's the, those degrees... It's the fact that we were playing very well, and I'm not. I'm not inspired by the fact that we're still fourth. I still think that if we um, if we lose to United and City, uh, um, we can end up sixth, and and we're then knocked out by Barcelona. We'll beat Hull because they're then they're not very good. But um, uh, all of a sudden, all these positives are eroded in a very quick time. So I don't have the same. positive view of where we are at the moment that that you have just mentioned yeah well I, and I think to be fair to be to be totally even-handed because I know you very well and love you deeply but you are like a lot of supporters I know of, of my generation actually you know kind of glass half full rather than or glass half empty sorry rather than glass half full and I think you need to recognize that a bit listen mate on, on a couple of points you made there how about this okay and, I, and I, I agree that the performances were not brilliant and I agree that there was a pattern developing and I agree you know that it's not what we're used to but if I take you back about I can't remember I think it was the that it would have been I don't know mid to late 90s Man United lost 5-0 I think it yeah. was to Newcastle and then they in the next match they lost 6-3 right and they were in sixth position at the time. They turned it around and went on to win the league. So, you know, it is allowable for really good teams to have two utter shit results and then turn it around and still do okay. And I, I wonder whether, you know, in the, in the years that have passed, that as I said, we're all conditioned to it now. The perspective has changed. It's, it's all about the immediacy. A lot of this has been generated by the way that football's covered these days. It's become 24-7 news cycle stuff. And and this whole immediacy means that the, the world has changed and perhaps that plays into it. The other thing I'd say, Jonathan, is I wonder if it's all also about context. You know, I think, you know, basically the, the, the root cause and blame for all this has got to go to Pep Guardiola and Man City because they are absolutely running away with it last year and boshing everybody. And again, I think there's, it's, there's a loss of perspective here. If, if City were as you know, as shit as they were last season, everybody would be battling. We'd still be in the title race, you know, effectively. But because they're doing so well, it's it's seen as abject failure in comparison. And I wonder if that has an effect as well. Um, I, I don't really see it that way. I think if we, it's just been competitive. I don't think we've been... Uh, I think it's not just the Watford and Bournemouth games. It was the Arsenal games as well. And the, the, the weirdness of him playing... Hazard at, at nine all the time. It was it, you, got, you start you start losing faith in in the I've manager. Got to, I've got to, I've got to jump in. I'm sorry, I disagree totally. We're not competing. We're not competing. The teams above us are one and three points above us, and then you've got City who are fucking way out in front of everybody else. So if you look at our immediate competition of United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham, and Arsenal, who we're above Tottenham and Arsenal. By the way, let's not forget that. 
Okay, I think we're competing pretty well with them. Yeah, but I we just we just beat West Brom. just made a good point. Just because we're not, Rom. we yeah, make West Brom badly. They're the yeah, bottom but, team in the club. Bournemouth, the, and, Bournemouth, and, we, Bournemouth and Watford. We beat were them miles badly. below us. We, we played we okay. Didn't, we didn't play very well yesterday. I'm sorry. Well, I think we, we did, didn't. and I, we I, 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 well, I think we did. I thought we played okay. We got more I confidence thought, as the game went on. Yeah, but that's you know we're the teams low on confidence. If Evans had scored that header and Rondon had scored, you know, I'm I'm worried about. The confidence yeah, yeah. of the side. Yeah, yeah. I was very pleased. I was very pleased. Yeah, we started exactly. If my if my if my aunt had a, a one of you, we can't. Nobody will hear you if you both talk at the same time. So well, I'm Tony saying first, is, then is Jonathan. That, you know, if you if you deal in in facts, if my aunt had a cock, she'd be my uncle, but she hasn't. Do you see what I mean? So <laughs> it didn't that, that, it's it's um, it's it's that's it's it's funny and and uh, and I like it very much and, uh, and I wish my <laughs> I, I wish my my grandmother had met your uh, I met really your, I, but, I, I don't but, wish he'd have been very happy uh, I don't wish to be disrespectful to no, 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 no problem at all but but all um, but I think no what I'm all Shush, I'm, one is, of you Jonathan yeah, all, all I'm saying is that that um um we we're not defending very well. We were very vulnerable in situations where a much better team would have taken us to the cleaners, and we would have been a very different situation. It's because they're bottom, you know. And we're sort of going, oh god, we're we're back, we're back, three 0 great. They're the bottom club in the I league. I think you can only beat beat who's in front of you. If we'd have won that game six 0 would that have made you happy? I don't know. I mean, three 0 is still quite a good score. It could have been more. If Giroud had uh, had his shooting boots on, or his shooting, or his, his heading head on, or whatever, no, I I'm, think I'm you know ultimately, ultimately Courtois was a bit of a spectator. I mean, Courtois was the one who made he made a fucking meal out of a cross where he he punched it out where he I, I could have caught it, let alone him. You know, there was a uh, whether that's a bit shocking right. or not. I don't know, but the point gonna, point is that I disagree fundamentally with the fact that we're not competing. No one, no one in the Premier League is competing with City. No one. Okay, then if you yeah. look at the next four clubs down, five clubs down to Arsenal, we're competing. Okay, listen, I'm going to wrap this up because we need to go to part three. Sorry, Dan, you and I will get a chance to speak in the next uh, hour, I hope. Uh, but uh, I, I'll just finish on one that, point. I I, something to... occurred to... It's not personal. Uh, what? I love JK. What? I know personal. you do. I know. But <laughs> I, I, I mean, look, frankly, this is the point. This is supposed to be a show that replicates the kind of conversations that we have in the pub. And therefore, it's doing its job. You know, ah. I've never known us to all sit there and agree in a pub, especially over a few beers. So <laughs> do not worry about that. <laughs> Listen, the one thing that occurred to me, this is kind of a bit of a left field idea, but, uh, you know, I think Jonathan and Tony were right. You know, Roman is the board. The board is Roman. And I, and I, I wonder, you know, Roman, let's be honest, is a modern football fan. You know, he, he's come to the game late. He's learning as he goes. He clearly loves it. He's massively passionate about it. You know, we are the luckiest club in the world to have an owner of our football club like Roman Abramovich. Of that, there is no doubt. But he is a modern fan. And I wonder if he's kind of created a monster in a sense, because, of course, you know, there are lots of modern fans around now, none of whom have ever had to put up with how utterly shit we used to be on occasion, because it's a great fallacy to say that prior to 2003, we were all shit, or prior to 1996, we were all shit. Because we were only shit for two or three seasons. But boy, when we were shit, we were really shit. And of course, Roman and the other modern fans were never around with that. All they've known is success. So the minute they see tiny failure, it's it, it's perhaps exacerbated but without understanding that sometimes you can't win everything. Sometimes you are going to be up and down. Sometimes you are going to be poor. And I wonder if in that sense he's created a monster. And I'm not going to invite any debate on that because that will be for another day. But I just thought it's an idea. Now, after this very short break... Um, 
we're going to be looking forward to the second of three competitions that we are still in uh, in well I wouldn't say I'm with a chance of winning because obviously I don't think we're going to win the Premier League but we could very well win the FA Cup and we've got a very winnable tie against Hull City and uh, we're going to be playing them on Friday night so we're going to talk about that Away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home The same goes for McDonald's Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery You in? Order now on the McDonald's app At participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. It's all too much. (laughs) I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match... And they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month. And you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and uh, we have uh, whizzed along to part three, uh, courtesy of a massive mega rant from uh, one of our cohort, which is Mr. Tony Glover. <laughs> You've recovered yet, Tone? Yeah, I'm fine, mate. I'm I'm good as gold. I'm, you know, still coughing up, but you won't hear it because I'm too professional. You're a, you're a love, mate. Uh, and of course, we've got the wonderful Jonathan Kidd, who is uh, now being uh, rebranded as Mister Contrary Wind Up Merchant of the Week, who's doing a fine job, Jonathan. I'm loving your work tonight. Shut up. <laughs> do you know what that remind i've got I, I don't know if anybody heard this i bet dan might have heard it but they had this southampton supporter who was quite old uh and he absolutely gave cundio an absolute he just basically lost it and told him he said shut up shut up don't you tell me i'm not a proper fan i've been going since before you were born shut up cundy it was just it's one of the funniest things i've ever heard so i think a, a liberal liberal throwing in of shut up uh, Jonathan would be brilliant. Now, last but by no means least, the only sensible one on the entire show, and I include myself in that, and I promise we're going to hear far more from Dan so that we could kind of try and separate the uh, 
the uh, Chris um, um, what's his bloody name? I'm thinking of George Groves and Chris Eubank. The, the George Groves and Chris Eubank of the fancast, which are Jonathan and Tony tonight, and the, the sensible ones are me and me and Dan. But we'll hear more from you, Dan, this part. I promise. Oh dear. Cool, cool. He's gone home. He's sulking. No, I'm still, I'm still here. No, I was just for you. Sensible. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. Is there another Dan on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> maybe dan 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 yeah. oh dear it's one of those shows. I, I, I thought it was going to be a sensible show quiet sensible show not a lot to talk about it'll be fine but blimey no way right now we are, we are going to talk about um the whole match on friday there's a few things to talk about there which i hope will be of interest i have i uh, the boys know because they've got a script in front of them so they can they can validate the fact that i have done some homework but we have played hull uh, in the FA Cup, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. The first one being in 1909, the most recent being in 1999. We have drawn three, and we have won the rest. So we've never been beaten by Hull. We've only, we've, we've kind of played them away and home about equally. Now, the thing that really caught my eye was uh, the fact that the 1999 match, this is brilliant, this is the team, and this is this will bring back a few... Uh, Good memories, particularly actually in view of uh, the uh, the uh, Cup Winners Cup winning match that's taking place in May that was announced this week. But we had Ed DeHoy in goal, uh, Alba Ferrer, Jess Hogue, Frank LeBeuf, Chris Sutton, John Harley, Didier Deschamps, Robbie De Matteo, Gus Poyet, Dennis Wise, and Franco Zola. That was the team. Poyet scored a hat trick, and even Chris Hutton Sutton scored one of his only goals for Chelsea, and uh, Robbie De Matteo got the other one in a and there was an own goal in a 6-1 win away from home brings back a few memories that i would imagine uh, jonathan well actually no dan is because it's dan's turn dan gets priority this part dan do you remember that match um i'm pretty sure it was cold wet and windy it was on tv it was a saturday morning kickoff and actually yeah i, I remember tell you why it was my um it was my cousin's uh the mitzvah that day so i missed it because i had to go um you missed going it. to shore yeah Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. I remember. I didn't go, but I do remember no. it being on telly. Of course, oh, that was, was, on that the was part of our cup run. I remember being surprised yeah, that, by that, that... Sutton scoring, because, of course, he wasn't oh. scoring at well, all. Who, who wouldn't be? <laughs> I was at the 1982 one, the nil-nil, the, uh, when we drew nil-nil. Mm. Know, oh, well, that's... Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. The interesting thing about Chris Sutton, what you what you don't see on your paper, what, what was on the uh, what, what was on the website, is they give the position of each player, and they actually had Sutton down as defender slash forward, which I thought was very <laughs> funny. Slash you know. Oh, and I was also slash I was also anyway. at the um, the sixty six game, the two two. Were you? Because Doherty, Doherty, Do you remember Doherty, anything about it? Remember uh, anything about it? Not nothing other than that Doherty bought the Hull City fullback after the game because he played so well. Guy called Butler. He mm. bought him, and then he hardly ever played Knowledge. in the first team, which I thought was quite typical. Knowledge, really. mate. Yeah, sorry, I just Knowledge. don't know why I've remembered that, but I have. That's a, well, that's amazing. That is amazing. I'm going to have to interview you for my book, Jonathan, because you've got a, you've got a great memory for stuff like that. Tony, do you remember anything about the '99 match? Uh, well, J.K. in a lovely little move stole my thunder. It was the fact that Chris oh, scored. sorry, and, and I was a huge shut advocate. up. I was a huge advocate of Sutton. Um, when, he, when he came to the club, I thought he would be a rampaging striker for us. And uh, my God, I got that wrong. He was rubbish. Uh, so, he um, was absolutely he rubbish. Apart from that goal against Celtic, United. Didn't he? he played he had yeah. a decent midfield player after that. Yeah, I mean, whole City games, it, 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 they're, they're not one of these clubs. I've, and they're not because I'm particularly nasty. It's because they're, you know, they, they feature quite rarely, don't they? They're a bit of an up and down yo-yo club and, and what have you. Mm. But all I'll say is... Um, 
remember Bradford. That's what I'm oh, going to Oh, don't say. go there, Tony. Really <laughs> do not go there. That is off off the book tonight. Can I just Listen, say I think, that I think it's, the most... a real, it's a real shame that uh, Ryan Mason, who... Uh, um, mm, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. Gaza Cahill um, had a, a, a brushed heads with, has had to retire, because he was mm. a decent player. And he was their record signing, of course, 13 million for 26 Howell. as well. Yeah, yeah, it was such a shame. And he played for England, of course, for Spurs, when he was with Spurs. So, uh, you know, um, I wish him well, because he was yeah. a decent player. He was a, a good uh, industri in, industrial player. You know, he was always... He was uh, he he, um, he made an effort and was was skillful. I think, so, uh, I, think I, I remember being at the game and remember thinking at the time because he was down so long, and yeah. you, you at the back of my mind I was just thinking about that Fabrice Mwamba and I was thinking, oh God, I hope I'm not witnessing yeah. something as serious. Like because he very nearly did eight, eight or nine minutes, wasn't hospital. it? And it, you know, yeah. anybody yeah. you've ever been to a game in any January, eight or nine minutes when nothing is happening on the pitch is a fucking long time. What was the worst? The worst mm. was Pit Petra Czech at Reading, wasn't it? I just went I on and on. on. Yeah, and was, you know. God, that was half an hour, I think, wasn't it? Of just uh, of um, hanging about, waiting yeah. for to work out what was wrong with Jonathan. Jonathan, Czech. yes. Was that was that the was was I not sitting next to you for that whole match? What the um, in in ninety nine? Oh, no, 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 Ryan Mason. Mason. Sorry, the Ryan Mason. Yeah, I think you were. Wasn't that the one where we I were? Think I was, wasn't you I? were. We were. You were. Yeah. Yeah, and you you got yeah. up, and you got up, and told him to stop being lying down and get up. What was the matter with him? Do you remember? And I had to uh... <laughs> exposed, exposed it, Chid. Actually, I think I think I got up, I got up and said, hit him on the head with a baseball bat. Oh yeah, that's the old right, the old style. Right. No, I didn't. I didn't. No, really. you didn't. You I may well have. You behaved impeccably. Well, not quite the first time. The second time you were impeccable. Jay, Jay Cabin, more than a silent assassin there on your personality. He's a grass, no, 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 He's a no, no denying it. I, I, well, I can't remember. I, I, all I can say is I can't remember. But what I can say is, I think actually, after a while, you, as Tony said, you realised how how um, awful it must have been because you know you don't usually get delays that long. Uh, and I think it's very sad. And I, and I send him all of our best wishes actually because it's it, it's a rotten way to end your football career. And he's only twenty six, which is very young. Anyway, listen. Uh, getting back to this Friday and playing Hull on Friday, um, I think the real key thing, really, uh, Dan. Mm -hmm. Is who uh, who is he going to pick and, and who's available? Because we've still got a few injuries, and of course we've got. Uh, I thought it was really interesting that I mean, you know, clearly Giroud is getting up to fitness. Morata, we don't know about Christensen. He took off, was able to take off. We know he's coming back from an injury. Alonso's got an ankle injury, so there's kind of a lot of injuries. A lot of players coming back to fitness, and then of course he's got Barcelona on Tuesday, and I, I would imagine. Well, one one wonders whether that will come into his thinking or not, Dan. Oh yeah, definitely. Barcelona is a key game for for next week. I think you'll see Eduardo in goal. I think you'll probably see Palmieri get a game. What? No, no big Willie style. No big Willie style. No, Cab Caballero. Sorry, I'm talking about. I'm going mad. Yes, Caballero in goal. Palmieri will probably make his debut. I imagine Zappa Costa will play. I imagine Kehu will play. Maybe Ampadu. Um, who else? Uh, get rest. I think Bakayoko will probably come back in again. But he plays Giroud, do you think? I think he'll play yeah, Giroud from the beginning, yeah. yeah. I think he'll play Giroud. I think he'll play William. Maybe get a start for um, Hudson-Odoi, possibly. Might be two or three kids in there, but it'll definitely be the B team. To, you know, keep... yeah. Is Luis fit? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, maybe Luis will play. I think he'll he be strong enough to win. He's out of favour, though. You have to remember that. Yeah, Hobson's choice. I think yeah, he's strong, he... strong enough to win, but with Tuesday night in mind. 
Uh, which, I, I mean, you know, here's the next question. Do you have a problem with that? No, it's a squad game now. It's not a 1-11. You know, and we mm. a, a, an average Chelsea team should see off Hull comfortably at home. Um, and Barcelona is, is the biggest game. Well, that and City, United, arguably, are more important. You know, if you, mm. you know, mm. we should we should have enough to beat Hull. Hull are fighting relegation, so they're not going to necessarily have their strongest well, team. They're twenty first in the championship. Yeah. They're about a point above the relegation zone. So they, and, they, and they they had Leonard, the wonderful. They had Chelsea's next manager, Leonard Slutsky, as their manager earlier, and and, so, mm-hmm. like, and they're they're, they're now they're now managed by Nigel Atkins. So you know, yeah. we, you know, they're not good. Let's be frank. And you're right, Dan. I think any team we put, any, yeah, I agree. Any team we put out should do. I wonder. I wonder, Tony, whether. What he might do, which is kind of sensible, is to, you know, yeah, absolutely play the waifs and strays, the dirt trackers, as they're called in rugby. That would be his, That would be the team that starts, but actually have a bit of firepower and, and decent players on on the bench to get us yeah. out of the shit that should, should the unthinkable <coughs> and the Bradford-esque Bradford result happen. happen. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Mm. I, I'm with Dan on this one. I think you'll, I think I wouldn't be surprised if Amber do possibly hudson Odoi get, um, get starts. Um, we've seen with the the, the 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 true kids, the um, you know the toddlers, um, that who got quite did quite decently in the um, the what's the name of the cup now? The checker well, trade, yeah, the checker trade, trade or whatever. Yeah, um, uh, we should you know, the, or, or as we should say, Jonathan, as we should say, Jonathan, checker trade, checker trade dot com. Yeah, I think, uh, and I think that there's there's nothing wrong with that. I think if you're paying money to go up on a Friday, but more of that in a minute, um, uh, then you should now expect us to use the full breadth of the squad for games like this when you've got Barcelona coming up. And there's nothing wrong with that, in my view. Um, all, all of those players, as Dan said, squad game should be strong enough to go past a whole City side that, you know, are, are, are in a bit of trouble. I don't know if they're, they're not rock bottom, are they? But they're, um, they've they not had a good season so far. Yeah, so... Um, you know, I mean, Bradford aside, and what a blip that result was. Um, you know, I think it should be you know, a, a, a reasonable you know, two-nil, three-three nil sort of game, really. And no need to yeah. really take any big chances with any of the players. I think Louise will feature. I think his body language, his body language at the moment is indicating that he's less smiley and less bitey than he was. Um, but I think with him and Cahill. Yeah, it's a run out for them, isn't it? I think as well, a chance perhaps to, mm. to prove who puts it. It's interesting. Um, Nigel Atkins, um, uh, his nickname in the football management community is the physio. They don't see him as a proper. They don't <laughs> oh, see him as a proper manager apparently, because of his background. He, he looks like a mix between a policeman and a teacher. He looks like an RE teacher. Yes. That's how I would, yeah, would, yeah. would picture yeah, yeah. him. He did but well with Reading, um, actually. Listen, Reading, when he was first managed Reading, he did okay with them. But yeah. then it, and Southampton, of course. And Southampton. Sorry, Southampton, Southampton, up to Sorry the Southampton, in fact. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't bad initially with Southampton. You're right, Hampstead, yeah. Mm. But out of his depth, I think, which is why they fired him. Um, listen, J.K., one thing yes. that's occurred to me, because I know we, I'm, I, I'm about to launch into a real rant about bloody Friday night football, but something that's that's occurred to me, which kind of negates that, is the fact that we have got Barcelona on Tuesday, and for years and years and years and years and years and years and years, and years we've had Chelsea managers complaining about the fact that the league doesn't help Chelsea out when we've got a tough European fixture 
you know, usually on a Tuesday. In other words, we end up playing on a Sunday usually just to piss us off. Yes. And now, as, as bizarrely, we've got an FA Cup fixture on the Friday night, which gives us the weekend and Monday to recover in t- time for Barcelona. So in a sense, we should be grateful that it's on Friday night, although I have my own views on that. But there, I, is, there, is, there is a there's a valid point there, isn't there, I think? I don't think it was ever done with any... Um... Uh, desire no, to right, help Chelsea at it's all. Just it's just out a, like that, it's luck, it? and they just—that's the scheduling they've worked out that they think there might be a, um, uh, uh, a what you call it, an upset. So uh, they're trying to make it on its own um, as a as a, a decent opportunity to get some viewers. But um, uh, no, there's no doubt you're going to say it's uh, it's very unfair on the uh, on the Hull fans. Um, we've got to travel. Well, yeah, it is very unfair on the Hull fans. It, it, I, I mean, you know, God only knows how they get back, which is the bane of football life. And I think it's funny, isn't it? Because uh, Sky have just announced... I mean, if, if, in, if ever a sports channel like the smell of its own farts, it's Sky Sports. They are, you know, breaking news that they've won their bid and they're going to be uh, bringing us, amazingly, are going to be bringing us Friday night football, Saturday night football, Monday night football, and Saturday and Sunday football too. And we're going to see much more of this. And they yes. give not two shits about, about the, you know, the inconvenience yep. and the cost that's foisted upon, uh, upon supporters. And uh, I can feel a monster blog brewing. So I expect to see yeah. Joe Tweed publish something next week. Um, and me. I, 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 I'm I, like, joke, obviously. I mean, I've, I got it from, <clears throat> if you saw Marco Worrell, uh, he put out a, a, a pretty scathing tweet um, this week about, you know, you can't you can't say I've ever really got used to the very stupid o'clock weekend kickoff times. Chelsea regulate, uh, regularly subjected to not having a weekend game, three weekends running during the season is utter bollocks. And, and I think Tim Rolls replied to that and said, well, you know, when the new um, uh, yeah. uh, rights are handed out, you can expect more of this. And it's so, it's done with such utter contempt for fans. You know, I'm, I'm not a whole City fan. That game will finish, what, half, nine, quarter, ten, ten o'clock. What chance they got of getting back to Hull at that time of night, unless they're mm. in coaches or whatever? It's, it is wrong. It is just so so incredibly wrong. I think it, it's, it's such a contempt. And, and it, it's the same with you. Look at me and you last night, stuck in the shires last night, Chidge, because of an eight o'clock kickoff. And, and that was, you know, I'm trapped by work, you're trapped by work. But getting home after that, it means me and you, yeah. and we live separately, obviously, before anybody thinks so. But we're getting home oh, at you? Oh, okay. you know, half twelve, half, half twelve in the morning with a work day the next day. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I, and as it ha- I mean, I, I have a client at eight o'clock on a Tuesday morning, so you know, I could do without a really late night on a Monday. So mm. you know, that's the other consideration I have. I mean, ne- I've got a client next week, uh, a half nine in the morning on a Wednesday. So, you know, going to Barca, I can deal with, and I wouldn't miss that. There are some matches you just wait. I mean, let's be really honest, Tony. There are matches, you know, that you just won't miss. And Barcelona yes. at home in the Champions League, for me, is is a line beyond which I will not cross, you know. Yeah. But I'm afraid West Brom at home on a Monday night, uh, you know, sometimes sense has to take over, and that's what happened to me. And I hate it, but... You know, if the bloody television company didn't change the damn fixtures all the time, yeah. I mean, to, to, to give us two Monday night fixtures in a row is unconscionable. Yeah. And I mean, Dan Dan will appreciate this utterly. I mean, you know, we as the Dan Dan, you know, on the Chelsea supporters trust with me, we've not been able to have an SGM in February and March because there hasn't been one Saturday kickoff where we could have the meeting afterwards. I know. That's two months. <coughs> yeah, it's, it's insane, isn't it, Dan? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, I, you know, we all grew up at Saturday three o'clock, and 
you know, you miss those. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky I live in London, so it's not so much of an issue, but those come from far away. It's, it's horrendous. I mean, there's people, the guy who's just next to me had to leave on 18 minutes to make sure he got back to get his last yeah, track. So that's, exactly. that's what we're dealing with, you know. It's, it's, they, they've got, they should really, like, especially with like Christmas games, okay, let's think, why are we sending a team 300 miles up the country on Boxing Day? Let's yeah. go back to derbies. I mean, Local derbies, exactly. Bournemouth well, had to leave at half one in the morning to make a Huddersfield kickoff at midday. And what on earth are these shedders thinking about? You know, Bournemouth Huddersfield should be three o'clock on a Saturday, so it's easy for clubs to get down to. You know, Chelsea yeah. at home on a Sunday to Brighton. Okay, twelve thirty, one o'clock. That's reasonable, but not you know the stupid times they give us. It's, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. They can easily do it. They can do the fixtures in such a way that it respects of the you know. The paying fan because we're, we're still we're still you know maybe not financially but we're but, on the lifeblood of the football club also as well i mean one of the things that 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 made me really just go give up on getting there last night was the fact it was being televised i was like well okay i can't get to the game so mm. i can watch it on the tv for a lot of people that isn't the case and they can't afford to subscribe to bt or or, well, or sky or whatever and yeah, it just i couldn't it go, go, I couldn't go to bournemouth lot. I, that, I, I, yeah well, I couldn't go to Bournemouth last week, and that wasn't on the telly. So no. you know, and, and and my point is, is that you know the 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 Premier League and the powers that be are the first ones out there with their 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 bloody overloitment, stormbound furious, shutting down streaming video uh, links or whatever. What, what, what sort of stupid businessman can't see a market there and say, well, why don't we stream this and charge a fiver a game, so the fans who can't mm. get there can actually watch the fucking game? And I just think it yeah. it, it, it it treats. They are treating, and it's the modern football thing. Me and you, Chidge, have spoken about this, and Dan, haven't we? We've said about this whole thing around modern football. You know, first and foremost, whichever club you support, however much you love the game, you are now a customer. That's what you are, okay? And f- the actual fan side of it and the support side of it has been shoved aside in the name of what is pretty much a kind of unfettered, unrestrained capitalist. We're going to make as much money out of this as we can, and we're going to give the world this global, fantastic package. But fuck everybody who lives anywhere near the ground or doesn't live anywhere near the ground or whatever. And 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 it, it's contemptuous in my view, utterly contemptuous. Mm. I totally agree with that. Um, and I mean, look, I will I will say, and and Dan will validate this, but the the trust and uh, Tim Rolls in particular. Uh, who yeah. he's kind of like like he's now become now he's not chairman anymore and I am he's kind of become special envoy for the trust and his his mission is to assail the Premier League at every available opportunity and moan about the kickoff times and the fixture rescheduling and he does a great job on that so we just have to keep hammering the door down on that until they actually listen to us but uh, you know it, yeah. I fear it could take a long time right enough of that um, I presume we'll all be there well I'm I'm there on Friday you're there on Friday Tony. I'm not. I'm in Krakow, mate. Oh, you're in Krakow, of course. I you're, am indeed. You're marching yes, on I'm, Poland. I'm, I'm marching on Poland. Yes. So it's just just me, Dan, and Jonathan of the of the regulars yeah. that will be. Well, I'll be in the cock. I'll see you in the cock on uh, Friday, Dan and Jonathan. You'll is, be there in spirit. Uh, is, is Bonnie Rig Blues going to be in the uh, in the cock on Friday? Bonnie Rig Blues, are you going to be in the cock on Friday night? Jonathan may well make an appearance if you he are. He says any Mine games... Tend to be, I'm he, going to be there early, he by the way, because I've got the day off. Yeah, He says, actually, any games on a what? Friday, Monday, I'm totally screwed unless I'm on holiday. That's Bonnie Rig. It, it wasn't in answer to your question then, but he's just he said it earlier in the... Okay. Um, well, I'm in sure, the, I'm in sure the he will answer us. 
Yeah. And I will I will alert you to that fact. Anyway, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. I really miss being there on Monday because the reality is is that there is nothing like being at the football with your mates. Yes. And uh, I hope I hope to be saying that to my dying day and it does wind me up stupid that I'm unfortunately I've joined the ranks of the sensible and have to work for a living these days and and occasionally it gets in the way, but there you go. Right, um, I've got the usual plugs, which I didn't do last week because we just went off on one. We did about an hour and a half on the future of Conte, which was just billy bonkers, but it, it needed to be done. So I'm I, I'm not going to apologise for reading these plugs out, particularly this first one. I got a lovely uh, press release from these lovely people called the London Football Awards this week, and uh, the short list of nominees for this year's London Football Awards has been announced, and Chelsea has three, uh, well, has nominees in, in most of the categories, in fact, including Cesar Aspilicueta, who is up for Premier League Player of the Year, which was won last year by Ngolo Kante, and uh, the Chelsea Ladies Manager, Emma Hayes, is in contention for Manager of the Year Award, won last year by Antonio Conte, and the Chelsea Ladies also have three nominations, and Courtois is up for best keeper and Christensen is up for best young player. So they're all vying for trophies too. Now, uh, the LFA raises funds for Bob Wilson's charity, Willow, and it takes place at Battersea Evolution on Thursday, the 1st of March, where all the winners will be announced. And I'm very much hoping to be there in a press capacity. So hopefully maybe get a soundbite or two from from Thibaut Courtois. Uh, clearly, I'll, I won't say it's the Chelsea fan cast because we don't want them listening to the show, uh, especially especially when Tony's on. Uh, and uh, and even and, well, you know who knows? I probably I probably won't get anywhere near them, but I will I will I will do my best to be as as irritating as ask him as what the he thinks about Madrid. Sport. Yeah, I was going to say you'll get a soundbite out of him then. <laughs> no, no. What I should say is I should I should I should go up to him and say Hola Madrid, yeah. and see what he says. Oh, maybe not, because uh, I quite like to go back to these things, you know. So, but anyway, I'm going there, and I'll hopefully report back on what it was like and maybe have a few sound bites. Who can say? Listen, the important thing is Willow uh, is a wonderful charity. It's the only national charity working with seriously ill 16 to 40-year-olds to fulfil uplifting and unforgettable special days. For some, their special day is the opportunity to return to some normality to their lives. And for others, it's the last chance to fulfil a dream. But for all, it's a life-affirming experience that uh, can lift spirits, reunify families and be a source of strength when it's needed most. Uh, And to date, Willow has provided more than 14,500 special days for young adults diagnosed with life-threatening conditions such as cancer, motor neurone disease, cystic fibrosis and Huntington's disease. Uh, and the charity receives no government or lottery funding and is totally reliant on the generosity of individuals, companies and trusts to fund its work. Uh, and you can follow them on Twitter. I urge you to do so at Willow, W-I-L-L-O-W underscore F-D-N. And for info and news on the London Football Awards, check out the hashtag on Twitter, hashtag LFA18. So more on that in the not-too-distant uh, future. Now, uh, Chelsea Supporters Trust, which we've mentioned once or twice tonight, uh, Dan and I will be at a board meeting on Thursday, won't we, Dan? You will. Good. Uh, now, join the Trust, get your voice heard by the club. It's free to join up to be a member. <laughs> but if you... if you, uh, I mean, it is, it's free. You don't have to pay anything at all. But if you do want to have a nice shiny badge and you do want to be able to vote and attend the meetings, then we ask that you pay £5 a year to be a voting member. But uh, it's very easy to do. Sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com, which means, as I said, you can come to the meetings and vote on the issues that directly affect you and make you get your voice heard. And, of course, follow Chelsea Trust on Twitter 
excuse me, that's my pepperoni pizza repeating on me. Follow them on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust. There you go. Uh, CPO, uh, another well uh, well worthwhile organisation to belong to and in particular own a share in. If you want to have a little bit of Chelsea and protect the future of the club, go and buy a share in the Chelsea pitch owners who, of course, own the freehold of Stamford Bridge and whose aim it is to ensure that Chelsea Football Club will remain playing football at Stamford Bridge in a demi russo style, Jonathan, forever and ever and ever and ever. No, no, you know choose, what I choose, mean. isn't it? Forever and ever and ever and ever. Isn't it that? It is. Isn't is that, that Nana Muscori you were well, doing Well, did you ever see them in the same room? <laughs> That's no. all I'm saying. What, John, what, Jonathan and Nana Muscuri? No, Nana Muscuri and Demis Russo. I'd have loved that. Okay. Her and her oh, little, yes. anyway, her her little moustache. Yeah, she, she had something about her, that kind of secretarial dark hair and glasses look, didn't yes, she? Yes, you very, knew there was something. Very naughty. hairy woman, I think. Oh, yes. well. Okay, listen, listen, you two, you awful, you're like like Waldorf and Statler tonight. Uh, uh, I've got breaking news from Bonnie Rig Blue. Breaking news from Bonnie Rig Blues. That could be a jingle, couldn't it? Breaking Jonathan, news, next week, Bonnie come Rig up with Blues. a yeah, come up with a jingle for Bonnie Rig Blues. Breaking news from Bonnie Rig Blues. Who says unless I win the lottery tonight, I'll be there Friday. I'll be that rich. I'll buy the bloody cock. So there you go. So we will see Bonnie Rig Blues for a beer. That means that uh, JK uh, may make an uh, early appearance. Totally fantasy. I intend to be. <laughs> I intend to be in that pub early. By the way, I intend to be in the pub uh, early on Friday because I got the day off. What so does that mean? Like what does early mean? Minute. What time? Five, five-ish, five ish. Five. That's early. Blimey. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, I've got the day off, so I've got no excuses. Okay. I've got a load of the misses. I've got like a couple working, of articles, and I'll then be that's there. it. If I'm not working, I'll be there. All right, fella. Keep in radio contact. Now, listen, back to other breaking news about the CPO. As a result of their AGM, they're now selling shares for £25, not £100 like they used to be. So it's a lot easier and a lot cheaper to get on board the CPO bus. I urge you to do so. Uh, all you have to do is email Chelsea info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash Chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners and follow them on Twitter at pitch owners. Right, CFC UK, uh, there are those that are yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who know that I have not yet finished my CFC UK article which is due for delivery at midnight on Friday, which, of course, is problematic, seeing as I'm going to be pretty drunk from about five o'clock, as we've just reported on, and also at a football match. But don't don't worry, Dave, it will be done. I, I've never yet failed to deliver a CFC UK article, even when I was in Singapore and remembered at the last minute and then worked out that the time difference meant that it still wasn't midnight in the UK. So do not worry, Dave, it'll be done. Uh, and when it is done, it'll be published, and I would imagine it'll be available for the Man U game. So uh, look out for the new copy there. Uh, and if anybody's read this month's, I apologise for the incredibly grumpy, moany one that I wrote about why modern football is shit, part five. Anyway, um, if you're in the USA, you can follow the Twitter account, uh, which is CFC at CFC UK USA. And if you want a copy in the USA, then uh, get hold of Dan Lundberg on Twitter at DLundberg underscore. And a very final, very self-interested and selfish shout out. Uh, we have this thing, we have a website presence on something called Patreon, uh, which is basically a way where people who really love the show and, and a bit like the, uh, you know, the Chelsea fancast hardcore firm in Mixler, um, you know, if uh, like the fanzine, you, you know, the fanzine's only a pound, as people know, and it comes out once a month. 
and we say well a bit like the fanzine if you want to you know subscribe to what we do you can pay a dollar an episode so four or five dollars a month and and i get to buy more beer it's simple really but i mean in in all seriousness you don't have to there's no pressure i'm i'm touched and flattered by the number of people who have done this uh, i need to kind of figure out a way whereby i can get you some kind of special content that only you can access but i haven't quite figured it out yet maybe you could email me and let me know let me know what you would like that you you could get other than the blogs and the podcasts that we do that'd be a good idea yeah so kind of let me know let me know what we can do for you that means that we kind of earn the money a bit better. Anyway, uh, if you want to do that, if you want to donate, all you have to do is go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Right, time for me to go and have a lie down uh, after all that reading and pass the mantle on to Mr. Kid after this short break. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Okay, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and uh, this is the Chelsea <coughs> Fancast, of course, and you're still listening to the croaky Mr. Tony Glover. Oh, uh, hello. Good evening. Sorry, I was, um, I was multitasking and not concentrating. But I'm back now. I could tell that I was going to catch you out there, mate. That's exactly <laughs> why I stitched you up. Uh, the wonderful Dan Silver, my uh, brother-in-arms, who I cannot wait to have a beer or three with in the Cock Pub on Friday evening. Very much looking forward to it. Mm, absolutely. And last, but by no means least, the uh, Cheech to my Chong, or is it the Chong to my Cheech? I'm not quite oh. sure. Mr. Jonathan Kidd. One for the team. Shut up, Chidge. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Shut, shut up. up. I'm I trying to be that. a bit Cheech and Chongy. But shut up. Uh, Chidge. Ch- ch- yeah, I love that. There, there, uh, there was, a, there was I, I used to love those films. Oh, when God. I was a kid getting really stoned watching them. There was a brilliant one that uh, Tommy, it was Ch- Cheech Marion, wasn't he? Yes. Like, born in East LA. I was born in East LA. Man, that's brilliant. They're just, I was thinking it's more like Ready very, to very Master. Funny. Anyway. Uh, oh, very good. Or, or, or Demi, Demi Roussos to my Nana Muscuri, or is it the other way around? Anyway, enough silliness. Uh, we've got some very good emails coming up. Can I just say that um, uh, Russ Saunders, rather beautifully, we've mm. finally, we've, uh, we've, uh, I, I've finally got the package um, uh, which he sent at Christmas. Oh, um, right, from the, the Aussies. From the Aussies, yeah, yeah, from uh, um, uh, from Melbourne, and uh, there's uh, there are items for all of us, and uh, I must mm. bring them. I must remember to bring them to the cock on Friday. Cheers, Russ. So you get your own little Chelsea cup, and you get uh, scarves, and you get stickers, and oh, uh, cool. it's uh, it's really decent of him. So um, yeah. so well done, mate. Fantastic. Yeah, thank and, you, mate. Um, yes, yeah, terrific stuff. Good. Do you well, know what, Jonathan? I tell yeah. you what, I, 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 I will pick mine up from you when we do our first radio show together, which is supposed to be the March the 9th. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll bring them along. Fantastic. Because yeah. if you give that to me on Friday and I'm pissed, I will lose, break, or yeah, do yes. both. Yes, I, I, I absolutely appreciate that. That's inevitable. Yes, good idea. So I'll, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, uh, or, or you, well, you might just leave it behind rather than break it. I think that would be. That would be, um, you'd have oh, to fall you know, over. Like I'm pissed, you know, yeah. I'm terrible. Anyway, enough of that. Time for enough. some emails, matey. 
Emails. Yes, here we go. Yeah. Anyway, well done, Russ. Um, uh, Mina Morgan, this is from. Dear Chidge and the boys. How nice to be called a boy. Thank you, Mina. Um, so <laughs> the, the connotation of childhood dreams can be a bit misleading, as quite frankly, you don't necessarily have to be a child to have them. I've been a fan, attic, as in fanatic, of rather than attic, which is somewhere where you can go and hide and, and keep your toys. Uh, I've been a fanatic of Chelsea FC since 2011 when I saw Drogba work his magic on the pitch and Terry lead his team. I was deep into university and watching Chelsea has been my salvation. I was hooked. Years later, I'm now deep into my career, having travelled across the globe from Australia to start my life in the US. But my love for Chelsea remains prevalent. On my first date with my soon-to-be wife in the summer of 2015, we went to the only pub playing, in, playing the Chelsea game, and she made flashcards to memorise every player on the squad just to impress me. I knew she was the one. May I say, Mina, I'd like her to be the one for me too. I think that's completely phenomenal. Seconded. I mean, you don't meet women like that. That's brilliant, brilliant. What a, what a woman. Uh, well done. Anyway, we have been inseparable ever since. I'm not surprised. And my love for Chelsea has transcended onto her, a yank without a clue about soccer. Victory. In February 2016, she surprised me with a road trip to St. Petersburg. FL to watch my idol Drogba playing for Montreal Impact at the time and possibly meet him, which we did. Victory indeed. She just gets better and better, doesn't she? The 5th of May 2018 will be my 30th birthday and my missus has mapped out a complete itinerary for us to go to Chelsea versus Liverpool, Swansea versus Chelsea, 28th of April, or Newcastle versus Chelsea, 13th of May, which is my ultimate dream come true. She is completely phenomenal. Yeah. It's bittersweet because in order for us to do so, she's willing to sacrifice her dream and use all of our years of wedding money savings so that we can fulfill mine and go to Stamford Bridge. Oh, wow. I know at the end of the day, I have many blessings to count and I do every day, but it would be a life changer if somehow we could catch a break. If anyone is selling a ticket or assist in how to get away game tickets, to sit with all the Chelsea fans. Any help or advice would be immensely appreciated. And if we see you there, I'll shout you a beer and we can go over the ashes. Ozzy, 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 oi, oi, oi. Should that be Ozzy? Oh, Ozzy, he was Ozzy. doing so oh, well. Oi, he was. I know he's blown it, hasn't he, actually? I'm not going to read the rest yeah, of it now after that. That's it. Yeah, right, yeah. Mina, we're not getting you tickets, mate. Sorry, that's yeah. it. <laughs> however, yeah. however, your wife... Ashes is a dirty word. Your wife... Banned. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he ends up by saying, we would, be, we would be forever grateful and indebted to you. Keep the blue flag flying high. Um, uh, keep the blue flag flying high. Best regards, Mina Morgan. Oh, I've, got one, one, I've only got one thing to say to that. Um, it, uh, when Mina turns up, um, I look forward to seeing you in the mitre. The mitre. That's where we drink before the game. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> That's so unfair. Bad boy. Bad, bad, bad boy. Yes. Well, I know we should lose gracefully, but they fucking thumped us in the ashes, and I'm finding it a bit hard to take. All right. <laughs> I, I've got one thing to say. Can we clone her? <laughs> well, there we go. She sounds. She sounds too good to be true. And by the way, it's a good reminder that, of course, is uh, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. So I hope you've all got your loved ones something special and something nice. 
I myself scrabbled around at the last minute to find a card for my lovely Mrs. Chidge and popped it in the post today because I won't be seeing her tomorrow because I'm, I'm down here, yeah. sadly. But there you go. Um, goodness gracious me. What a fantastic email, Jonathan. What an amazing, uh, what an amazing lady this, uh, oh. uh, I presume, oh. Mrs. Morgan sounds. Oh. I mean, unbelievable. I wish I'd met somebody What like on earth that. can we do to help them out to get a ticket? I mean, does it look like it looks like he's going to be here for Chelsea-Liverpool, uh, Swansea-Chelsea uh, and... I thought, is it this Newcastle? Is it? Oh, it's our last match away from home, Dan. Yeah. How dull. Swansea's our penultimate away game. Liverpool's our last home game, I think. You know what? I'd say he's got yeah. a very good chance of trying to well, rustle up a bit a near the time. Swansea. Cause... Yeah. Right, look, listen, Mina, you've got my email address. I've yeah. got yours. I'll, I'll, <clears> I'll try and ping you an email back. And, and between me and the boys, we'll try and work something out. I, I reckon you, you've got no chance for Chelsea-Liverpool at home. That's our last home match of the season. Yeah, it's tickets will be like rocking horse shit. Yeah, but I do reckon I reckon Swansea away, you might have a chance of there. Or or even Newcastle. Quite a tough gig. The annoying thing about Newcastle, you're you're so far away from the pitch, though. But it's a good, it's a good away, it's a good away gig. Apart from the actual stadium, you know, it's a good trip to go on. It's usually quite lively and. Quite a few good it's posts. true, it's true, yeah. Listen, Mina, I'll tell you what, I'm, Mina, I'm going to email you back and I will copy in Tony and Dan if they don't mind. No, go ahead. And then we'll see if we can find your ticket because if yeah, anybody yeah. deserves to go, 30th birthday, um, all we ask is a share of your missus. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> I'm only joking. Um, but but uh, oh, and, and for dear. you to not talk about the ashes, obviously, if you yes. do not talk about the ashes. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm joking. You can talk about that till the cows come home as long as we're having a few beers together. <laughs> but we will do everything we can to help. Obviously, we cannot promise, but uh, I mean, I, I swear we'll do anything we can to help. All right, mate. Lovely, lovely email. Thank you. And uh, next one, Mr. Kidd. This is from Madav Sefi. Hello. I last wrote to you last year on the 4th of April as I was getting ready to begin my MBA from the Indian School of Business. Now that I'm about to finish my course, I feel the need to discuss something with you again. I've supported <sighs> Chelsea for the excuse me. Uh, I've supported Chelsea for the past that wasn't me that was Tony. I've supported Chelsea for the past 12 years and have gotten deeper and deeper into football throughout that time period. The first half of this period was very good because we had a a core team of players and a core philosophy. The second half, however, has seen us become aimless. I feel we no longer have a clear vision, philosophy and identity anymore. The direction of the club isn't being driven by managers like Mourinho, who drove the club, players like Terry and Lampard, who anchored the club, and a ruthless infusion of finances and grit that defined the club. Barcelona, Madrid, City United, Dortmund, Bayern, and even Tottenham have clear. Sorry, I'm just going to be sick. Uh, uh, Tottenham have clear philosophies and identities. As brands, each of these clubs has clear and strong associations that come from consistent philosophies and a vision for the future. Tottenham, for example, know they want to be upwardly mobile, and they're doing that by building a homegrown, young, hungry team while stepping up commercial and marketing. City is building the City Group because they want their success to be driven by economies of scale. United are operating on the basis of the commercials they have access to on the basis of their legacy. What are we doing that leverages any competitive advantages that we have? 
What is the vision for our club? How do we see ourselves succeeding in the future? Graduating the youth, smart buys, commercial success, financial doping, consistent management, consistent systems of operation, or something else. Nothing <laughs> is clear. Nothing is clear. And to be honest, I fear that unless we figure out our sweet spot of operating as a club, we'll be relegated into also-rans in every aspect and winners in none. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. Cheers, Madav. Wow. Wow. We sort of, we, we slightly, mm. uh, we slightly um, touched on this. In, we did. Uh, mm. Didn't we earlier in, the, we, in, in what we, Abramovich is really after and, yeah. uh, and whether we're competing with all these very clubs that he's mentioned, Barcelona, Madrid, City, United, Dortmund, Bayern. But I wouldn't, I'm not convinced I would use uh, the North London club, uh, Tottenham, uh, not this. really, no. I, 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 I agree with you. I think it, it, that, that's the that's the business talk, isn't it? That, that, that is in every bit of language that I hear at work every day. City is building the City Group because they want their success to be driven by economies of scale. This is a whole. You could do a whole podcast on like the a... modern on the modern game, but I think yeah, I, there's some fair points in there. Um, it's the bit of football that we hate, but we're going to have to live with, isn't it? And um, uh, you know, I mean, graduating the youth, no commercial, financial doping. Well, you know, there, there are PSG and Man City are probably the biggest financial doping organisations going, I would think, having replaced Barcelona and Real Madrid in that aspect. So, but interesting email. State terrorism more. Well, yeah, yeah but you, I, you, you get my point, don't you? I mean, if people, I mean, mm. wasn't it Wenger that pointed the finger at us as, um, you know, for financial doping? Um, when Bremen first took over. And now I, I used it the other week um, when City were about, it seemed to splash out 65 million quid on Mares because Sane, who turns out to have been injured for three weeks, you know, was injured for three weeks. And, it, it, you know, that's, 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 it's a, that becomes a race to the bottom in some ways when, when it's like it's stockpiling players that are never going to play. I don't know. Uh, I'm I it's, it's one for the pub, Chidge. I think that is a you know a good one. Yeah, I, I think that we have got a philosophy, and I think um, uh, <laughs> the building the ground is part of it. And and yes, and and, um, and similarly, but trying to build up the uh, um, associated with the ground and the the uh, um, the foundation that, that that will give to the club as a as a kind of focal point. Um, uh, for their aspirations for for uh, um, for marketing, I think is um, is proving that they're supposed to be. You know, it's a it's an image. I think that they will they will use to 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 try and give them a, um, yeah. a plan, a business plan for the future. And I think they and I know that they're attempting to um, compete with uh, with City and United um, yeah. uh, based on on because I think the club. Building that is an example of what they they really want the club to be in the future. So I think I don't think it's all gloom and doom from the club at all. Um, uh, and perhaps, and I, think, I think he will then attempt to buy yeah. to buy marquee players. I just think it's it's going to be a slightly rough ride in the future because yeah. of the fact we're we're going to have to move. And so a, a, a little just a little bit of insight is that new CEO Guy Lawrence, um, yeah. when he came to Vodafone UK from Vodafone Netherlands, um, he had a pretty similar remit which was to take um, the Vodafone UK, which was the original Vodafone company, but had now sort of become almost like the Liverpool, 
as they are sort of now. This they'd fallen way behind all of the rest of the European upcoves, etc. And it was his job to bring them back in and give them a strategy, give them a purpose and a, a kind of identity. So you know, maybe that's part and parcel of of what he's been brought in for. Yeah, you know, sorry, that's, 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 that's you know. a very good point. That's a very good point, Tony. That that that, that appointment of of him is uh, is part of their strategy. So I think yeah. there is there it isn't aimless by any any means. Um, Madav, I think actually it's it's something for the future. So it's just not happening instantly. Um, I'm going to uh, just sorry breaking news. Breaking news not from Bonnie Rig Blues, um, but uh, Dan's got to go, so we need to say cheerio to Dan. Oh, Dan, Dan, yeah. Dan, Dan, oh, Dan, 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 Dan. Yeah. Dan. I look forward to I look forward to seeing you at the next game I'm at, Dan. We, Will we, that be we... after? Um... Will that be? Okay. Yeah, I think it's possibly the Palace is the next home game I'm going to be at. I think cool. um, it's a 5:30 kickoff, but I'll I'll be on the train I think that day, so I'll have a remit to have a few beers afterwards as well, and then get right. the last yeah. back. All right, cool. Cheers. I see you on Friday. Cheers, guys. Good night, all. Cheers, Bye-bye. mate. I can't I'll wait. See I'll see you too, Dan, on Friday. Night. I'll be there. Look forward to it, JK. All right, mate. Okay. Good stuff. All the best. Right. Just to just to kind of uh, cheers, Dan. That's brilliant. I'm sorry you had to leap off early, but I told you. You see, we always bloody waffle on. It never ever goes to schedule. Um, I just like to pick up one point uh, on, on on this from Madav. I mean, he's talking about what our identity is. I, I would say that our identity as a club is uh, causing chaos or creating chaos and winning shit. Yeah, that would be what our current identity is. And I would also say that we've got more chance of finding Chelsea's G spot than we have of finding its sweet spot. <laughs> very good. It's Giroud spot. It's yes. Oh, it very good, yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, um, for those of you who were listening in a break earlier when I was being rude, uh, Andy Silverman's just said, "Chidge, just had a text from Jim White asking when this week's fan cast is <laughs> <It's> available." <laughs> um, don't don't worry, Andy. I will cut out the uh, the premium content which was in between the break, and I will personally email it to him at Sky Sports. Okay. okay? <laughs> I look forward to your response. And Andy, by the way, I know you're having having you know back trouble again, old back knack. I hope you're all right, mate. Uh, as always, we're thinking of you. Hopefully, I'll see you on Friday if you're up and about. Uh, jo- uh, Jonathan, last email of the week. Uh, it's it, he's done it again. Kunle, we've got a song for Kunle because Kunle uh, Anjurin is the Nigerian American in New York City, and I just been every time I see an email from Kunle, I just think. He's a Nigerian. He's a Nigerian. He's a Nigerian in New York. <laughs> oh, good. That's, that's, well, that's, that's very old, good. Uh, yes. That's old Stinge, isn't it? Yes, it is. Old Stinge, yeah, yeah, exactly. But he's got another email. He was on last week and he's on again this week. He is prolific. Man, he's got a magic touch. Prolific. He's prolific. 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 Here we go. Hello, guys. Are we watching Palpable Discord Part 2? Who do we buy if we're forced to sell Eden Hazard in the coming summer? Is there another Mbappe out there that is exceptionally gifted? This will be the right time to cash out on Hazard, age 27, for a record fee. No, but hopefully it won't be spent like the Matic money. Jeez, that's what he put. Jeez, by the way, not me. More on that later. We should never say a player is good because he's an international, unless that player is a regular of a national team that has won trophies. What's the benefit of Chelsea buying an international player of a non-footballing giant? Daniel Sturridge, Wes Morgan, Charlie Adam and Johan Juru are internationals. Point made. Your last pod made me think of the movie The Usual Suspects. Quote, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was to convince the world he didn't exist. 
We all talk about the Chelsea board screwing up. But is it really Abramovich quietly pulling the strings behind the scenes? I think it is. He decides <laughs> managers, transfers and wages. But we keep talking about a board as if the board members have any control over the major decisions. As such, the success or failure of the club lies at Roman's feet. Let's call a spade a spade. I agree. I've had a running argument with friends about whether it's Conte at fault for speaking up about transfers, etc. When I say the club... Roman hasn't backed Conte. This buddy says, that's not a reason to fight them publicly. You think the CEOs of all those big firms always get backed by the boards? How many times do they come out to speak against the board? My view is simple. Conte is a great manager and he knows he is a scarce commodity. He answers questions thrown at him. And while he might be correctly aggrieved at the transfer dealings, he's never come out to say that the signings are bad even if they are. Case in point is replacing Matic with two injured players, Bakayoko and Drinkwater, doing the silly things and expecting a different result. I look forward to seeing how things go with Conte, although, like most other people, I assume we will be with a new manager next season. I will be sorely disappointed, and part of my spirit, I have to say, will leave the club with Conte, and I wish him well. Yeah. The bigger question, will the club, Roman, learn brackets roman learn from this situation and create a more sustainable structure that enables the club to outperform on a long-term basis if i was looking to put capital into the club to finance its new stadium i would be concerned at the constant instability at the club and would surely extract a huge premium to take on the unnecessary risk i definitely would not agree to leaving the decision decision making solely to roman if I bring the lion's share of the expansion capital. Wow. Roman needs to start thinking beyond the current or next season and move on a five-year cycle, especially if he has a great manager at the helm already. Cheers. Kunle Andrin, the Nigerian-American in NYC. That's great. Yeah. That, that last paragraph. Stuff, eh? That last paragraph is absolutely spot on because I think, um, I don't think it's, I don't think Abramovich is self-financing the ground is he he's sought investors no um and you know if i was one of those whether i uh, whether i'm an oil shake or a a a, a a a a silicon valley giant or whatever i would be looking and thinking i'm not sure it goes back to that previous email where you could describe chelsea as disruptors we were the first one to get this big name foreign owner the first one to come in and disrupt the market to force ourselves from a, a good but comparatively unsuccessful club in terms of league titles etc and push ourselves into the big three four whatever in the country and let alone europe um but you that disruptive model only works for so long yeah at some point or another you have to mature and you know even companies like facebook and all of those have matured and google have matured into knowing their business models and then innovating from that point that's a fantastic point you know would would people look at that and go you know, it's the Matthew. What do you think about Matthew Harding, Ken Bates? You know, Matthew Harding wanted to put his money into the club, but there was a point where Ken Bates would not tell him who Swan Investments or whatever they were yes, called were, yes. who those people were. Would you want to put 20 million or 30 million quid of your money in to a, a, a company or, or a, a, an organization where you didn't know who was going to be handling your money and what they'd be doing with it? Brilliant point, Kunle. Absolutely superb, that last paragraph. 
it business requires of... constant success, doesn't it? The club it needs does. to be constantly successful to yeah. have people satisfied with the investment. Yeah. Wow. You know, I, I think I think this is a brilliant, brilliant email, Kunlo. It's really, really heartfelt and well thought out, and pulls no punches. I mean, all, all I all I would say, my own perspective on it is, you know, number one. Uh, as Tony and Jonathan will know, in, in business, it's not uncommon for most chief executives of comp- major companies. They have a kind of two to three to five year shelf life. They come in, they do yes. a job, they have a, pro- a, a project, a mission, which they, they implement and then they go. Uh, so they, they don't stay there for the long term. So I, I understand what Tony's saying about investors being a bit jittery about uh, personnel and stability, but it's not just about that because if you look at big business, you can hardly say that they're stable in terms of the the leaders, the leadership that they have. What's stable about them is the is the infrastructure and the foundations around that. And ultimately, that's Roman Abramovich. It's his money and and his ownership, his leadership in terms of his ownership that is has been stable. So I'm not so sure if that carries weight. Although I, I hear what Tony's saying. The second thing I would say is. That um, you know, who's who's to say that Chelsea's plans are not long term when they hire these managers? But I think, to a to, to a degree, Tony's right. I think they end up chasing their tail because they absolutely, positively have to have success. And I don't think it's just Roman's kind of incessant desire to win trophies. And I mean, we all have that, I know. But it's I think it's the financial model depends on it as well. You know, the club is geared financially to be playing Champions League football. For, you know, it, it's the money. And if they're threatened, if that if if that's threatened, then you know they act. But I I, I you know the trouble is we never know because we never really get told. But my no. my suspicion is is that actually they they hire these managers in the hope that they will stay for longer and that they will have stability and that their plans can be implemented. And then it all goes Pete Tong for one reason or the other. The sad thing is, of course, we never really know. We know, we're never really privy to that. So we ha- And th- th- therein lies all the speculation, which is a great shame, I think. Not a public company, so we're not under any obligation to report any of this sort of stuff, are we? Indeed. So, you know, there you go. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Fascinating. You know, like, like I said, Kunle, we, we could all, we, you know, it's easy for us. To, it's a bit like when you're watching the football. It's, easiest, it's easy for us to all be... You know, Antonio Conte when he gets it wrong and saying who we should play and why. And it's much the same sitting here saying, oh, well, we could run the club better. They don't know what they're doing because we're not we're not in it. We don't know. We can only sit from the sidelines and say what we say. I think the main thing is, is that, you know, as supporters of the club, you know, we are the only constant and the only stable thing really you know we we go whatever happens and we support the club however batshit insane it is and 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 that's the way it's always been and hopefully the way it will always be indeed okay on that uh wonderfully philosophical note it's time to uh say look we do love uh getting your emails obviously so please send them in there's one that didn't quite make the cut this week but i promise it'll be first next week so we've already got one, so it's behoven upon you to send in a few more. We'll always read them out, so uh, send them to chelseafancast at gmail.com before Monday, next Monday. Because, sadly, that is what we've got time for this week. Uh, but we will be back on Monday. Hooray! Yes, Monday for a change. Uh, February the 19th, to be precise, live and direct in your ear holes at 7 o'clock on Mixler. And, of course, I will be joined by Jonathan and uh, Dan Silver again. Two weeks in a row we got Dan, which is probably just as well because he hardly got a word in edgeways this week. Um, we've also got the uh, very verbose uh, Joe Tweed, so good luck with that, Dan. 
Uh, I can't wait to have Joe back. He always he always he always bangs on about the youth, and uh, and he's very knowledgeable and lovely bloke. I really miss the fact he doesn't sit three seats away from me these days. But there you go. Uh, we will be reporting back on the Hull City match. Hopefully, a big win for Chelsea. And looking ahead to the first leg of the Barcelona Champions League tie the following night, where uh, my sphincter will be uh, wobbling, I suspect. But uh, I look forward to a great fun night uh, on Tuesday. That's what it's all about. Uh, now, before that, of course, I'll be recording the Kerry Dixon show with the one and only Kerry Dixon, uh, hopefully this Thursday. So make sure you download and listen to that uh, from the usual places like Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, et al. And uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge. Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Dan at DanSilves73, and Tony you can find at Grocer Jack UK. So Grocer Jack, when are you coming back? Uh, I'm back actually on. Uh, we we fly back in Tuesday, I think. Um, so we've got a good few days away, and then uh, then it's back to normal until my um, break in France in. Easter, which for of course I, I missed the Spurs mm. game, but I will be sitting watching it in a bar with a Spurs fan, who's a friend. Lovely. Well, oh God. For, of course, okay. for those ninety minutes, will not be a friend. But there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, look, we'll, I can't remember when you're back with us, but I think the next time you're back, you're going to be with Alex. Yes, I, th- I believe so. Which should be fun. Um, yeah, you got a smut buddy. It, I, I, I try and space them apart, but uh, yeah, because you know, I need to kind of like go to training for that one. Yes, you do. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks to Hion and the Chelsea Fancast bloggers, and to Jonathan Ellis, who's been in uh, Mixler tonight for writing their regular content, which goes up during the week. Uh, everything that we write gets posted on Twitter and our Facebook page. Uh, the Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. So make sure you check them out, like them, and retweet them. And uh, so there we go. So Tony, brilliant to have you on the show. It's been it's again. Been, I love having you on the show. Yeah, it's brilliant. And, and we need to we need to get together at a game so we can have a proper um, rant between us. Mm, you know, mm. I'd love a proper, I love the, a proper love, load of beer. Actually, we do. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, mate. I, I think you should proper, save proper the rants for for, for being on here. I like them. I think they're great on here. If you have one in the on your own together, nobody well, can well, listen to it. Well, think of them as, um, as as stretch rants. Then, all right, they're just warming us up for when we're on here, Jonathan. We're on. The, oh, we're okay, on, perfect. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tony, as always, brilliant having you on the show. Thank you it's very much. A... <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a bit of a frog in my throat. It's been brilliant having you on as usual, and as for you, Mister Kid, uh, fantastic having you on the show as always, my right hand man. Oh, how nice to be described as that. Thank you, Chidge. Very nice of you. Thank there we go. And, There's uh, a tear I mean, in my I, eye, Chidge. Tear in my oh, eye. Oh, well, there you go. Well, <laughs> I, I'm kind of loath to like, announce it publicly yet. No, don't, we're not getting engaged. Don't panic. Um, but uh, there's a very good chance that Jonathan and I will be doing a uh, radio version of the Chelsea Fancast on Friday evenings at 7 to 9 if you live in London. I will say no more about it until it's confirmed, but it looks like it's going to happen. So there you go. Uh more of that later. But Jonathan, brilliant to have you on the show as always. Hopefully I'll catch up with you on Friday. Shut up. Um, Mixler shut people. Up, mix, shut up. Shut, shut up. up. Mixler people, you have been you have been brilliant as always. Uh it really wouldn't be half the show, uh, or half as much fun doing the show without you lot in there chatting away. So we love you lots. Well done, you lot. We'll see you next Monday. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills.
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.